Open Gundam style. Uh, welcome to Wild Cool Robot. It's a Gundam podcast. I'm Sarah. My pronouns are she/her, and I'm joined, as always, by Max. Hi, I'm Max. My pronouns are he/him. Uh, Sarah, we're halfway through. Well, also, Max, your pronouns are your pronouns are he/him, but you're also well. There's no like Mrs. equivalent of Mister, uh-huh. which is unfortunate because you know <laughs> your <laughs> your I got nothing. Your pronouns are he/him, husband. There it is. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm wife guy now. Yeah. You're ma- you're married, Mister Married Max. I, it's it's called Holy Maximony. Holy uh, they're, Maximony. They're calling it. Maxim. Holy Maximinion. Maxim. Mm, so true. I, holy um, Minion Mony. I can go either way. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a deep vein. We'll um, workshop this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, this is not the first podcast I've recorded since I was married. Um, <laughs> Katie just texted me, "Hey, I got married too." You, you did, Katie. Congrats. Uh, this is not the uh, this is not the first first podcast I recorded as a married man. But the only other one I recorded was the fucking Pepsi Man episode of Slappers Only. So this is the first serious podcast I've recorded since getting married. Pepsi Man's the most serious thing in the world. Because made Pepsi Man. Kotaro Uchikoshi, the first fucking thing he worked on in the video game industry was to design Pepsi Man, and it only went uphill from there. I can, re- you know, I can really see like going and playing Pepsi Man. I can really see a lot of the DNA of Nine 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 in there. It's like it's when you when you when you go back and play like some of the predecessors to Nine Nine Nine. It's really clear that like Nine 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 is really just a perfect fusion of Pepsi Man and Higurashi. That's a sentence that I think activated someone somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's got it's Quick, got the Sarah, story. You have to find the digital root of the calories in a can of Pepsi. <laughs> Christ alive. <sighs> um this is not a podcast about, about Beppy Man though. This is a podcast about Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man. This is a podcast podcast. Interesting. This is a podcast <laughs> about Gundam. Um, it's about Gundam. It's about season one of Iron Blooded Orphans, because we finished it. We're halfway through the show now. We did. We are exactly halfway done. It was a, it was a, I would say a good season finale. Aside from several like glaring issues, there were a couple. The, the glaring issues. I'm sure you and I will be on the same page with most of them. Re, why did they keep on faking us out with character deaths? Yeah, I feel like a fool. Like I, I'm just. I'm really surprised that like, I don't know. It just makes the. We'll get there, I guess, but it just kind of makes it feel like, like, you know, Orga's epic speech about, you know, everyone putting their lives on the line, betting it all on this, and then just, like, we we get no-named character deaths. We, yeah. we get a character who dies, and then someone screams their name in anguish, and that's how we know that they died. It's, it's very we get, we get it's no, like, we get no major Tekadon deaths. We do get a yes. couple of major character deaths, but no one no one from Tekadon. But you think you do at first. It's like the show's trying to leverage the the sore feelings from Biscuit's death, but like is also like, haha, tricked you. No one important actually died. You they should like, believe listen, us. I, I, I would have. I think I would have been upset about it, but like. I, but given the choice between making it look like Ozzy Laughter and Shino died and none of them dying or actually killing them off, I take killing them off any day of the fucking week. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. just, just in terms of a storytelling perspective, like, I just, I don't know, it really cuts the, it's, 
it feels hard to to clock when a character dies until the show tells you to, and it's yeah. That's just for, and like I get that so much anime is like that. Like unless you see someone actually being lowered into a grave, it's really hard to say someone's dead for sure. Right. But it's just. <sighs> I mean, that's that's the Gundam thing, right? If you don't see them die, they're not dead. Like that's true ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, and like I thought, I, I was aware of that, but like I thought I saw them die because like you see Shino get like crushed into yes. like into a bloody pulp, and you see like you just see laugh like it laughter looks like she is in distress, and then it cuts away to like blood splattering on yeah. the wall. Like you see Ozzy from the head from like the neck down looking like an absolute mess. Like these characters looked dead. Yeah, it's like I, I from what I remember, season two doesn't do this that much. Like I think season two when a character dies, they're not going to do this figure. They're going to be like all right, it's going to be a biscuit kind of thing, you know, where it's like waving a bunch of flags at you. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, regardless, we got four episodes to talk about this week, so I say we, we, I say we get into these ones. Yeah. Max, kick it off. Or no, I've got the first You're one, You're kicking right? it off. I'm kicking You're it off. I took, I took the right, I did the right summaries. I just got yeah, okay. <laughs> Episode 22. Not yet home. In the wake of Biscuit's death, all of Tekadon is pretty traumatized, not least of all Orga, who watched the man get cut in half hamburger style with his own two eyes. Meanwhile, Henri Fleur, the candidate for Arbro's Prime Minister, is not happy with his Nario Farid for the fact that Tekadon got past Gallarhorn. McGillis gives Baldwin and the audience a history lesson about the Calamity War and tells us that Gallarhorn was responsible for the development of the Elia Vignana system, which won them the war. Tekadon changes their course, deciding to land in Anchorage and taking a freight to Edmonton for the election instead of just going straight to Edmonton. Eventually, Mika is able to break Orga out, of, Orga out of his funk and leads him to give a rousing speech to Tekadon, breaking all of them out of their post-Biscuit depression. They vow to crush anyone that stands in their way, including Gallarhorn. You know, I um, I, I liked Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Spider-Man okay. uh, Spider Far Home was pretty good. I haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home yet, but Spider-Man Not Yet Home was pretty good. <laughs> Spider-Man Not Yet Home hit. <laughs> <laughs> um... I also a post biscuit depression is what happens when I have too many carbs and get tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so this one, um, it, it, it picks up immediately afterwards. We see uh, the very first thing we see is Carta's remaining boys like carrying her away from the island, and she's just like they're carting her off. They're carting her off. <laughs> they're her off. Hey, hey, she's like, I'm here. In, all, I'm here all week, folks. <laughs> she's in shock. Bada bing. You know? <laughs> Bada boom. She's all fucked up from the battle, but she's fine. Uh, yeah. And we get, like, a, a pretty hard-hitting scene. It, it's just all we hear is the sound of rain, and we just see, like, everyone silently, like, learning about Biscuit's death. And, you know, we see people yeah. crying. Mikazuki like, sees Biscuit's hat and screams about it. Yeah. Well, no, I think it was the repeat of Orga's scream from last week. Oh, it could have. That could have. It was, it was hard to say. I couldn't. Yeah. I, it was probably. Yeah, Mikazuki does not seem the type to scream in anguish. No, he doesn't scream in anguish. He, like... The most we get out of Mika is just like a ah if he's like attacking someone. He doesn't right. really get his register doesn't get that high. He does he does the fucking he does the fucking um what's what's Joss Whedon's like studio the the mutant oh. enemy something like Gur Arg at the end of Buffy episodes. Yeah, the the giant. You know what I mean? Uh, I know what you God. What it's like? It's on the tip of my tongue. I gotta Google it. It's gonna drive me crazy. Joss Whedon's studio is called. Mutant, mutant enemy. enemy. I was right. Yeah, I was right. I had it. I had it. Yeah. Okay. Teenage Mutant <laughs> Enemy Productions. Um, but yeah, he he got he got too many alive and Yana surgeries, and that like fucked with his vocal cords. They don't get any higher anymore. That's why yeah. he's in monotone all the time. <laughs> the, that's what testosterone does to an MF. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I at the end of this ep- at the end of this episode, I've come to the conclusion that uh, Mika, Kudelia, and Mika, uh, and Atra are, are T four T four T. They're a T wrangle. <laughs> a T wrangle. <laughs> um, oh, delightful. See. We're we're loading up the boats. We're getting ready to go. Um. We we get his very sad scene of Biscuit in his body bag and just his hat on the front and like you know everyone on the boat they're like on a big like aircraft carrier freight ship looking thing they're sailing yeah. and you know they're they're having his little funeral. Uh, Orga is just completely fucked up over this though. Yeah, he he sits in the dark completely traumatized for three days. Mm-hmm. He has depression. It's pretty bad. Poor guy. Um. And then we cut over to uh, Vinyolf the the uh, Gallerhorn. The F Zero Big Blue. Yeah, <laughs> uh, McGillis is there. He hears the news about Card. It doesn't really seem to care that much. Like, yeah, th- this is when these episodes are when McGillis goes like full char mode. Like, this it is, is completely th- insane. I've turned the corner on McGillis. I like him a lot more now. It's a thing. Like when you forget about all the shit with Almiria, you're like, oh, he's an incredibly fun character because he's just like a complete sicko who betrays literally everyone around him. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and like, then he is a nine year old fiance. <laughs> This is fine. Like, I think I've talked about my my affinity for like blonde shitheads on this uh, podcast yes. before, and like, ooh, it's, the, the end of the season is so fucking good for him. It rules. Just absolute, like, like blowing Kaisilia's head off moments. It, true game day type shit, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking him jamming the katana into uh, his sword into Bodwin's chest plate and just as the blood sprays just the <laughs> Monday night motherfucker <laughs> um we we from that scene we cut to uh, it's Henri Floor's house the pink-haired uh, prime minister sort of Gallarhorn puppet elect. Oh, um, she, I didn't put this in my notes, but I just want to bring this up now. We find out later that she's wearing a wig. Yeah. Why? why? To what I, end? It's just like, I, like, I wrote I guess that down a char- too. I, I guess a character can just have a wig. Like, I guess I don't really have like an issue with that, but it's like, I don't know. Like the people, so many people in the show just have like ridiculous hair anyways. Like, I don't know. Like, look at, look at Baldwin. <laughs> Baldwin ba- has like purple hair. I- Carta has like, White hair with weird black highlights. Right, in her, she, like, she's, like a, she's like a secretary bird. <laughs> she's a secretary bird. It's like I almost, love her almost, so much. It almost makes me think like just like a a joke of the show in poor taste of being like, ha ha, old woman has worse hair than it seems. But it's just like, why? We don't need it. It's right, such a weird like, throwaway bit. Atro's got the suicide door hair vents. Yeah, Kud- look at fucking Kudelia's hair. She has like. She has more volume in her hair than, like, two Tekadon boys. She has... Her hair is a heart. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, let the let the, let the the rude old lady have pink hair. What's the what's the harm in it? I don't know. It's what she deserves. But anyways... Uh, yeah, she, yeah she's... Henri Fleur is really mad about Isnario letting uh, Tekadon through... Uh, or mm-hmm. let, yeah, about Gellarhorn letting... Like, not being able to stop Tekadon. And he's like, listen, we're gonna get this done. We're gonna... We got this. Mm-hmm. You know? We got plans. We got plans. Don't worry yeah. about it. The storm is upon us. Hashtag trust the plan. Hashtag WWG1. We WGA. You know, of all the characters <laughs> to be like that, that Isnario is pretty up there, I think. <laughs> yeah, Isnario is Nar- is a Q guy. I think he's a Q guy. Yeah. God. Oh, God. <clears throat> do, you, do, you, do you have an anecdote of this or are you just reacting? I do, but like it's it's some major Higurashi spoilers, so I don't know how in depth I want to go about it. Well, I trust your judgment on the issue. 
Okay, do you mind if I spoil some thing, some Higurashi? No, absolutely. Stuff for you? Go go right ahead. Okay, so this is for chapter six of Higurashi specifically. So if you okay. haven't read that, or it, and if you if you care about this, you know, maybe skip ahead thirty seconds yeah, yeah. to a minute. But um, the chap- chapter six of Higurashi is largely about um Rena Ryugu, who you you know the character of Rena, right? You know, I'm she's aware. got the white dress with the pur- yeah, she's got the white dress, purple highlights, hatchet. Um. Her falling into, like, a real conspiracy theory, because, like, there are some things that are fucked up about Hinamizawa, but she, like, goes completely Q-pilled, and it's, like, it's parasites, and also it's it's parasites in the water and the food and also in our injections, mm-hmm. and also the there's aliens who are body-snatching and making doppelgangers out of all of us, and, like, see she... <laughs> so is... <laughs> This is what Isnario is taking. Isnario is taking uh, all of all of Gellerhorn hostage in a classroom and just like pouring gasoline all over all of them. <laughs> That's quite of an escalation, huh? Yeah. Um. Listen, Rena. Rena does her best. <laughs> <laughs> we, we stand a queen. Yeah. The oh God. The end of that chapter is so fucking good. Oh. God. Fucking Higur- I need to do a Higurashi podcast. I was, I was literally going to ask Sarah Higurashi podcast when. <laughs> Like, honestly, I think about it sometimes. Like, a chapter-by-chapter chapter reread of Higurashi? Like, that could be fun! I, I uh, wasn't... A lot of reading. But, yeah, well, you know, I mean... But book podcasts are big these days. We like to read. Yeah, this is, this is a... This is, I mean, I haven't even finished the series yet, but I haven't even finished Higurashi yet, and there's, like, so many other visual novels that I want to read when I'm done. Like, I, I want to read Umaneko, mm-hmm. House of Fata Morgana, um, I, I need to finish Great Ace Attorney 1 and 2... Um, fate. I really, I've been wanting to read fate. Um, but like maybe in a couple of years, I'm going to be like, you know, I kind of want to go back to Higurashi. Let me do a podcast about yeah. it. Yeah. That's the best way to consume media as we know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's see. So we cut, we got, we cut from Isnario doing some Q plans. Uh, Carta is chewing out Corliss. Uh, she's like, she's freaking out and she gets the order from Isnario to head back to the base. Mm-hmm. You know, she has to like retreat and regroup and get ready to attack them again. Um, we get another scene of Gailu and McGillis. They're, uh, in Vinyalf as well. They're looking over Ayn in the back of the tank. Um, and like, once again, McGillis is trying to kind of hammer home to Gailu that like the only way we can save him is by putting the AV in him. Of course, Gailu is refusing. Um, and what happens is he's basically like walking him around the facility as he's talking to him. Um, and McGillis is like, you know, you say that I would give up humanity by taking on the Eli Vinyana, but like giving up that humanity is what saved humanity. It surpasses humanity. And, he, you know, he regales him of how the Eli Vinyana was created and the Calamity War. These 72 humans volunteered for it. And 72 minions volunteered for the... <laughs> for a very despicable job. <laughs> um, what, if, what if all of the mobile suits were just like... What if one of them just like Kevin... <laughs> what, like they're all named after demons, but one is just called Kevin. Well, one of, like the three of them are named after the, are the, are named after the main minions, is what I'm saying. Because Ke- one, one of them Bob is Kevin, Stewart, right? Sure. Yes, Kevin yeah. Robin Stewart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm just saying. I think Shino deserves to pilot the Stewart. <laughs> Shino's a real Stewart, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he's like he's. As he talks to Gaile, he also mentions that, you know, Tekadon has kind of disappeared off the map. Uh, and he's like, there must be a Galahorn informant in the organization hiding them. And it's like, yeah. Huh, wonder, who, wonder who could that be? <laughs> what, what, one in three people in, in Galahorn are an informant. Well, I'm not an informant. Well, I'm not an informant. <laughs> Looking into the camera. <laughs> um, and he finally takes him to this, like, sort of uh, mobile suit laboratory research facility. Um, and he shows him, like, this... Fucking gargantuan, fucked up looking greys 
Yep. And he basically promises him, like, hey, this thing has a live Vinyana in it. You can use this to crush Tekadon. You can show them the true might of Gjallarhorn. And the Alaya like, Banana Research Facility. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, and he's just, like, completely egging Gileo on. Yeah. Uh, let's see so, hey, hey come on. Put your, put, your, put your man in the suit. Come on. Come on. Just do it. Do it. It'll plug, be fun, right? Plug, It'll be plug epic. Your boy in. Friends, right? Come on. Put your boy in. <laughs> Listen, your boy's at 5% battery life. You got to give, give him the lightning <laughs> cable so he can, he can plug in. He's in power safe mode right now. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Oh, 4%. Uh-oh, he's going down. <laughs> Ooh, better turn off that podcast, bud. You got to make sure you save that Ooh, battery. Yeah. <laughs> turn off Pokemon Go in the background. Einphone? I don't know. Einphone's pretty good. <laughs> I like that quite a bit. <laughs> He'd be on his Einphone. Mika, get Einpad. Mika, get Einpad! I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh... So we cut to the mess hall in the the, the ship that all the Tekadon boys are on, right? Uh, everyone's, like, really sad because, you know, they haven't seen Orga in quite some time. He's not giving orders. Ride, Ride is kind of, like, going off in these episodes. He's, like, Takahi- fucking mad as hell. Yeah, yeah ta- these, these, two, these four episodes are, like, the Ride and Takaki Super Show. Takaki says, sh- says some shit that was, like, I wonder what it was like to watch Biscuit die, which is, like... I mean, I get that they're kids and processing their grief very strangely. Just a funny thing to say. Damn, I wonder what it was like to watch the soul escape this man's body. Just childsoldierthings.tumblr.com. Yeah. Like, in, in the whole time, Yukinojo and Meribit, it's like Meribit trying to talk the boys out of doing something stupid, and Yukinojo saying, you are right, but not doing anything to help her. Right. Like, that's like literally Meribit's- the entire dynamic between these two in these episodes. I did not like what was going on with Meribit in no, these episodes. Absolutely not. It's like... like it just it, mm. it just kept she just kept popping up to say like no this is wrong you can't do this and then the the like like Takaki and Ride stepping up and be like woman moment this is this is rejected yeah. on if it happened one time I would be more okay with it it and happens like, like and four she un- or five times yeah, like each episode like if it happened once and Maribyrn's like understands okay I can't convince these boys whatever like that would have been fine but the fact that it happens every single time and like Maribyrn's just refusing to do anything and like ride and talk here like woman moment it's just like we get it the first time we don't have to keep on like retreading this ground yeah yeah um so they're, they're talking about orga um Maribit and yukino jar and like we hear atra stumble and fall in the kitchen um and she's like you know she's sad she's freaking out she's like remembering when cookie and cracker like ask her to take care of biscuit and they're like no it's not, yeah. it's not your fault don't worry don't worry Atra's like taking it pretty hard too like we see her like just kind of stumbling and falling a lot like her clumsiness is like really sort of amped up because of this whole this whole series of events yeah um uh eugene gets the news from shino and that's yeah. really all there is to that scene he's just not he's just like damn what the fuck no way yeah yeah what a damn. awful way to hear about it when you have to like do this like quick encrypted skype that probably lasts like a minute long because they'll get right? tracked otherwise <laughs> eugene gets a text message from shino that says i'm inviting you to install signal yeah. <laughs> god um I um Makanai uh, is like, damn, this shit sucks. Everyone's morale is in the toilet. Yeah, I wonder uh, why. And, and Kudelia like, says, if Gellerhorn taps out, I will solo carry you. Where there was one pair of footprints in the grass, that was me carrying you on my back, you old fuck. I put the team on my back. I put the team on my back, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's like, you know, I haven't traveled this far just to throw it all away. Um, this rules. I love this scene. Kudelia is like master strategic hours right here. 
Because I'm she like Dalton, the hardest hitting <laughs> pilot in the league. <laughs> but I put the team on my back, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Cross Edmonton election. <laughs> Fuck so, you, Gumby. Fuck you, Gumby. <laughs> Fuck you, Gileo. <laughs> Fuck you, uh, Gileo. She, her plan rules, like, she's like, all right, we can't go right to Edmonton, obviously. We're changing course. We're going to Anchorage, Alaska. Tewaz owns it. They have a train there. We can hop on there. We're going to board and the my, train. And my like, oh, trains still exist? Wow. I love, that's so, <laughs> clearly you haven't met Matt GameCube, Togonosuke Makanai. <laughs> the train that they wind, the train that they wind up riding on. I didn't make any notes. I didn't, like, make anything in my notes about it, but the train is really cool. It's, like, it's multi-track drifting. It's too, it, it's, it, like, it's, yeah. It's two trains side by side on a track that are like, and between them they are carrying Barbados, and I'm yeah. assuming other mobile suits and yeah. I, others other mobile suits are also chilling in there. But Barbados yeah, have, is like exposed. They have their three suits, and they have like you know twenty or so mobile workers there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a big freight train. It's just very cool that yeah, it's like it's so big. You got two trains to carry it. Um, and and then she also asks um, Makanai about Lasker Alessi, uh, who is like one of his sort of partners, one of his aides, and essentially like. He, he says that he's going to arrange for him to, like, help and, like, lobby for Machinai in Parliament to kind of further secure the election. And, like, she's just, like, so charismatic and convincing here. And Machinai's yes, like, Yes, no. I love... I genuinely love this from Kudelia. Like, I... I know earlier in the show I was like, kind of lamenting what, that Crudelia really was just like kind of fumbling around and having to be told stop crying about, like, mm-hmm. you know, the blood on your hands about it. And, like... I really like the direction they've gone with this character. Like, I'm, you know, I they shut me up about this. Like, I really like where they went. Like, she is she is still cognizant of the blood on her hands, but it is, like, it is motivation for her to keep going. She is, like, and, like, I, I, I wouldn't want her in a suit. Like, I love her doing this type of shit, this political brain shit. Yeah. And, and like, she even tells Machina, she doesn't want to be prime minister. She just wants to be hope. She doesn't want to become a leader. Like, she wants to be, like, a symbol for everyone. Like, she knows what she wants now. She's, like, fully, like... She's fully leveled up, basically, from how yeah. she was before. She's a character. Uh, and then we get some toes. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my line just... Uh, new, lo- new, <laughs> new line, feet. New yeah. line, laughter, titties out, painting her toenails. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's 2B. Uh, fucking Kira Buckland, painting toes. Uh, Maribit's talking to her. You know, she's trying to figure out how to cheer Orga up. And, like, Ozzy and her explain to her, to Maribit, like... Like, we're basically the same as Tekadon. Like, they're in the exact same situation. A bunch of young girls with nowhere to go, not as much knowledge of the world, that are just kind of raised in, like, pretty similar harsh military-like conditions. Like, they can't really give advice because they deal with the same kind of thing just as poorly, pretty much. Very true. Naze Turbine, you will die by my hand. Yeah! Like, fucking... <laughs> These episodes are, like, partially the character assassination of Naze Turbine, and I'm, I'm for it. This guy yeah. fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Marshall, you'll never be Jake Marshall. L plus ratio plus plus no 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 handkerchief. L plus ratio plus no ahab reactor. <laughs> uh, so so um, Maribet goes to like Orga's crew quarters finally. I fucking in the middle of this, I DM'd one of my friends to be like, oh, I, I I hope when uh, I hope <laughs> I was just saying, like I hope Naze dies at some point and all of the the other turbines just stay in the relationship and they can finally get their pussy and and. <laughs> She hit me with, I will not hear this Naze slander. Hold on. Canonically, he is okay with them fucking other people, beat up each other or those outside the relationship. Then then show that in the show. Tell me that. <laughs> Don't make it seem like, you know, he's locking them down or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, earlier earlier in, in, in Discord, friend of the show, um, Ziggy, said, 
Amida's peak wife material and also Mommy GF for her husband's other girlfriends. I think <laughs> I think you and I are both hitting the confirmed button on that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just one big polycule. Don't make it like a weird harem. Don't need to don't need to say it. Yeah. Um, they, so there, was, there was there was some there was some Ozzy Amida. There was a, a small Ozzy Amida moment in this episode, and I'm just Ozida. Ozida. Uh, so Maribit goes to Orga's room, right? And like before she goes in, she sees Mika, who just kind of like walks by her, and like you know he he's into it. Like like he just goes right in, and Orga, you know, like he freaks out when the door opens, and he's like, you know, not right now. And Mika's just like saying, hey. What are we gonna do, do, do next? Hey, what do, what, do I do? Do? what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And like Orga is like refusing, and like Mika picks him up, and like he's like, "What the fuck do I do?" Orga, he, yeah, is, Mika, it, is Mika, this the place? Mika constructs an intricate ritual and was like, "Is this the promise place? I'm not stopping till we get there. I can't." Yeah, and like th- this, this does something to Orga's brain. This lights a fire under his ass, and Orga's like, "All right, motherfucker, you want to go to this place? We're gonna go to the place." And like th- this, like reactivates Orga. We Orga can't turn like, around. The only way out is through. And I fucking, I, I'm honestly, they've done it so many times. That it's it's wrapped back around like a pop moment for me. Like, yeah, the only yeah. way out is through. You're right. You are in a shit situation. The only way out is through. It's like, oh shit, Orga's doing something reckless, but being a charismatic leader. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, Mika's line here is so good. He says, who do you need me to take out then? What do you want me to destroy? Because if I get to reach that place someday, there's nothing I won't do. It fucking, God, it beats ass. Uh, and next he says, morning, if, I can't, if I can reach your goal, I'll do anything. And there's a big lightning strike outside. It's so good. And like, it transitions from that into the next morning. He's addressing the crew the next morning. And he's like, if Galahorn's in our way, we'll destroy every last one of them. This is a war to avenge those who have fought and died. And like, as this happens, Maribet's like, hey, uh, <laughs> Orga, <laughs> Orga, <laughs> don't say this shit. And fuck, nobody fucking listens to her. Yeah, you can know Joe is like, you're right, Maribet, but they won't listen. And he says that again. like it's just so frustrating that, it's, that not only does this occupy Maribet for the all these for these four episodes, it also occupies Yukinojo, whereas like I wanted more Yukinojo interacting with these children because like the age gap between Yukinojo yeah. and these kids is really interesting to me. And like the idea of like him helping them through these traumatic moments as like a kind of like he can't not as a father figure, but as like a distant, like sort of figure of yeah, adult an authority. Adult. And all he he's just completely relegated to just telling Maribet, yeah, you're right, but uh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a bit of a bummer. And like, yeah, it, it's de- it's like the reckless boys show for the rest of the season. But it's like I almost wish that like we just hadn't even seen Maribet and Yukinojo because I'd rather them do nothing than like just constantly yeah. do the exact same thing to no avail. Right. Right. Um. But like, 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 there's a small Yukinojo moment, like earlier when, when, uh, uh, when Yukinojo Ride, moment. And, <laughs> Yukinojo moment, um, when Ride and Takaki are arguing in the mess hall, he's like, argue somewhere else. This is not yeah. the place. And like, that's a, <clears throat> that is a, that is what I wanted from him in these episodes. It's just, it's just, there is a lot for this character to be doing. And he is just instead saying, Maribet, you're right, but <laughs> yeah, sorry about it. Sorry. Open Sieve. <laughs> Get them mauled. <laughs> yeah um that's kind of where the episode ends though you know it's like you're gonna <laughs> just hang they won't listen the t- <laughs> the, uh, the the terpenes girls are like oh we got to guide them so they don't die out there uh and then like the final bits of the episode are just like it's a montage of them getting to edmonton they get in the train they're on their way already like we just you know cut the fat we don't we don't like have any bits like any yeah. superfluous scenes, which is really funny considering we were literally just complaining about how they keep on retreading the same path with some of these characters. But at least like for these things, they just like skip by. They're like, yep, we, they got to Edmonton, no problem, and we're on our way. Let's go. Yep. 
I, I was like bring- full. I was fully expecting like at least an episode's worth of like the, you know, like like uh like seven. Mobile Suit Gundam 79 would have been, like, arrival in Anchorage for, like, another for right. an entire episode. And then, like, that's them, you know, getting there and having to fight off, like, a small Gallarhorn fleet and then boarding the train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I wanted to ask, since I remember you talking last week about how you didn't think that, like, they were, like, you didn't know if they were going to make it. Like, did you like the pacing on these ones? I did, yeah. It took me off guard a little bit, but, like, I think that, like... I don't. I think that like they this they, they did cover a lot of ground in these episodes, but like I didn't mm. feel rushed about it. Like the things right. that they chose, the thing, the ways that they chose to tr- the the ways in which they chose to truncate really made sense to me. Like I yes. especially really loved the at the start of episode twenty four. I really really liked that decision. To just like skip three days of sieging. Like, yeah. They they just like just like plopping us in like in meteor res no flashback they get like there's like a minute of discussion of like what happened in the last three days but like that's it and then they yeah. just keep going from there I really liked a lot of the decisions that like they covered a lot of ground but I did not feel like I was going at too fast a pace for me yes it, it it's good I, it's basically showing like these are the most important things that happens on the mm-hmm. way to Edmonton it works out um so this will bring us to episode twenty three. The final lie. Card to issue is given one last chance by a scenario for Reed to redeem herself by taking out Machinai on the way to Edmonton. As she prepares to battle, Gaile was finally able to reunite with Ayn, who has been fully implanted in a mobile suit using the Alaya Banana system, but is grateful he can finally take his revenge for Crank and support Gaile. McGillis further eggs him on by telling him he and Ayn have what it takes to truly reform Gallarhorn. Meanwhile, Orga has lit a fire under everyone on the train, telling them they're taking on a battle for revenge for Biscuit. As they travel, Karada stops them and challenges them to a duel, but Mika charges immediately and completely squashes her and her two support suits. Gailio shows up in Kamara's trooper to run them off, and as he escapes with Karada, she dies, thinking he's McGillis, asking him if she fought honorably. Uh, train episode. Train episode. Train episode. Oh. Fucking Karada burned so bright so fast. I know. I, I was kind of expecting her to like be a factor in the night. Na- I guess, you know, this is all... Everything had to fall according to McGillis's plans, but... Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's it's just it's a bummer. Like he's the Carter, chess master. For 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 what it's worth, Carta was the character that I was like, Sarah's gonna love Carta and gonna be so mad when Carta dies so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. <sighs> I don't know if I'm mad. The character felt kind of doomed for me. But but she uh, was so fun, you know. She had but she had such potential. Yeah, loved her makeup. Loved her cool yeah. like red eye splotches. Yeah, yeah. Secretary Bird. <laughs> Secretary, exactly. Uh, an episode begins with Carta herself talking to Isnario, um, and he's kind of like chastising her, chewing her out, saying like, you know, I took you in while your father is in ailing health, and like, she, or, you know, like we mentioned before, the Issue family are like the most important of the Seven Stars. So by taking care of her, like, he, he, Farid is kind of putting his family's name on the line too. So basically, gives her one last chance to redeem herself by taking out Machinai. Um, and Isnario kind of like admits to her, like, you know, I think it's too much responsibility for you, but McGill is vouched for you. Hmm. Hmm. Then we see some CGI, some great CGI birds for a shot. I, I wrote that down too. The birds don't look that great. <laughs> They're moving at like four frames per second. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and McGill- see- seagulls do this in, in the post after timeline, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, this is just what seagulls do when you're not looking at them. Like, you know, when you're out of frame, they are still being, they are still being rendered, but like yeah, they have a much lower animation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, McGillis is waiting for Carta outside the meeting room, and she thanks him, and he's and they're both like, "Oh, you haven't changed. Neither of you." And he's he's she's, she's as proud and beautiful as the only daughter of the seven stars, and she gets blushy about it. Yeah, she's so blushy, crushy here. 
we we get a little flashback baby car to baby mcgillis baby galio <laughs> i love um, baldwin i love baldwin in this flashback just being just like being like i'm here too i'm galio you you, you and just like he says two lines in this flashback and it's just to be like this is a very fucking funny line like carter wants to climb trees with mcgillis and he basically as she's trying to talk to him like her butler comes up and is like oh don't talk to him like he may have been taken by Znario freed but he's like a street rat um she doesn't care and like you know she thinks he's walking off because everyone's mean to him nobody care him he's reading uh, autobahn books and they're making fun of him for being a bird nerd yeah and <laughs> well, if you if you zoom in the page he's on is the secretary bird page what does it mean what is what does it mean uh he's and like he's uh he's he's reading off about caroline's pokemon team exactly <laughs> oh, reading, snowy plover. oh yeah snowy plover oh little gull <laughs> Sh- shit sure is <laughs> Sure is. Uh, it's just like it's it's kind of funny that like Carta's not what you. I feel like looking at this dynamic at a glance, you would think Carta is kind of the more like Sundere uh, archetype here. But like she's just genuinely nice to to McGillis here. Like she's like, I want to climb trees with you, but like you can climb way faster than I can. Like we want to do stuff with you. You know, you can you're reading earlier than anyone else, and the only line Gailey was like is like you even eat fast. That's so cool. You're fast at eating bread too. It was fucking funny. <laughs> like, Galileo's only in this flashback. His only lines are basically like, I am here, and do you remember me? <laughs> the animators just wanted to draw him in his little fancy boy clothes. I'm not complaining. He looks great as a delightful little lad. Yeah, he is drip. Uh, he, you know, he, the- he, um, he thanks her. He, uh, uh, McGillis thanks Carta for being nice to him as a kid, says he always looked up to her, and that humiliation mm-hmm. doesn't suit her. And he says, uh, smile better suits a hero, all these things. Yeah, he, he's like being, I mean, he's being nice to Carta superficially, but like, again, he's just gassing Carta up like he's doing with Gaileo. Right, right. Just, just real puppet master shit. Um, so, so as we're traveling, we get like a, a news broadcast. And, like, the news of Machinai's journey has kind of been leaked. Um, it's Lasker is the one who's doing it. Like, it's not Sinister. Like, he's just giving support. He's being like, hey, Machinai's on the way. Like, you know, he's going to be here for the election. Uh, and, like, and this is, I think this whole thing is, like, actually a flashback while they're, like, boarding the train. Because Lasker's talking to them. And he overhears Ride say, this is a battle for revenge. And he's like, what did that young boy just say? And, and like, the, 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 the sort revenge? of revenge? That kid's, like, eight. And then Machinai's like, oh, that's, that's a catchy slogan. Yeah, like, is kind of a complete tool in these ep- like Right, Machinai sucks. And I, I don't, I, I, to be clear, I love that he sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's fun was, that like, he sucks, but, like, he's, he's, like, manipulating just as much as McGillis is, pretty much. Oh, 100%, you know? Yeah. Anyone, anyone who wants to be in that level, no one who is good ever wants to aspire to that level of power. Exactly, exactly. Um, which is why Kudeli is good, because she doesn't want to be that level of power. Yes. She's, she wants to be the, the maiden of revolution. Yeah. Uh, so we're on the train. We learned that, like, we have some new memo workers, but they don't have the AV system. Um, Maribit, Maribit moments. To, you know, isn't it bad to put kids in war tanks? Yes, moving on, Maribit. It's like, just... Uh, I'm bummed at how often, like, I had to write about her in my notes, just because it's just like, you know... I like Maribit, but I just don't really like how it's she's. Just, I, yeah, I like Maribit too. It's just a complete washout of a character here. Like it's she's not doing anything. She it just feels like she's prolonging the episodes artificially. And like it yeah, doesn't yeah. If, if it if it came to any kind of like resolution or like if it like mattered in any capacity, like at the end of this all where she was like, but like Maribit just kind of like vanishes for the end for like the the come down of the of the show, right? Like 
Yeah. I mean, she's like season two, obviously. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. But like, she's like, okay, objecting to this, objecting to this, objecting to this, objecting to this. Yeah. Gone. Season end. Yeah. It's it's just. It's just a wet fart for this character to go out on. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say like character assassination because I really don't know too much about Maribit yet. But like, this is just boring. Yeah. She's just spinning her wheels. Like, genuinely, I think there is a lot of really fertile ground for characterization between, like, you know, these adult, these, like, very few adults and their dealings with these teenagers, these children, and, like, I just feel like nothing's being done with it. Like, like nothing being done with it for Yuki Nojo makes sense to me, because, like, he's been with them since CGS days, and, like, they are, yeah. there is an age gap, but they are just, like, they are co-workers before they are anything else. Like, they have been just together for so long that, like, the age gap really doesn't, the age disparity doesn't mean anything, but, like, Maribit is, like, I I would guess like what young thirties maybe woman yeah. who's like who's like she is like you know not really been laboring in the child labor mines for her entire life like Yuki right. Nojo has been yeah yeah it just ah. I, it feels like a waste yeah I, season two I hope she gets better I don't remember yeah. if she does or not <laughs> we'll find out yeah we'll um, see so so we cut to we cut to Vinyolf McGillis is taking uh Gailey to the research wing again and hey Ein's here. Kind of, a little bit, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he's Ein become robot. He is like inside the um the, this 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 is called the Grays Ein for what it's they worth. put they put the Lazarus pit in the Grays. Yeah, like he basically, and we 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 don't really see it in the show, like in reality, until a couple episodes from now. But like we see a little diagram of like what the AV looks like inside the Gray's Eye, and like he's just like a head and a torso, no arms, yep. no lower parts. It's kind of fucked up. But he's just you know he's it he's in he's in his coop. He's in the he's um, um he's fucking oh god. Was there a part in Resident Evil Four when you had to fight like a Verdugo that was only the top half? There might have been. So I'm trying to, you know, you remember the Verdugo, right? Like the, the, the lizard guy that attacks you in the sewers and you freeze him. Yes. Um, I, I'm just like, I'm imagining like, I, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of something here where it's just like some monster that's like two arms and a torso, but like, I doesn't even have that. And like, there's a tail no, or something. Yeah. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on a conceptual level. Like I understand yeah. what you're getting at, but like he's in here and like, he's talking like the, the, the thing can replicate his voice, even though he's not actually like talking physically, but like, he's happy. He's jazzed to be in this thing because the one thing we know about Ayn, two things we know about Ayn. A, he loves crank. B, he wants to punish guilty children. Yep. Yep. And he's going to get to do both these things in one, in one swift motion. <laughs> yeah. McGillis is like, Hey, doesn't this fucking rule guy, Leo? Don't you love this? Isn't this what you wanted? And then like, you know, you have what it takes, you and Ayn. You can reform Gallarhorn. Hell, you can even become a hero in this upcoming Yeah, he's battle. like with Gallarhorn so corrupt. I don't know how your heart stayed so pure. Gassing you up, bro. You're gonna get. You're gonna get this. You're gonna get this ace in Valorant. <laughs> he, he is. It's. It is. It's like comical how much he is just like lighting fire under these under his friends here. Right. Just <laughs> he's got like one of those old. He's got like one of those old timey like like accordion things you would like do to like fan a flame. Yeah, yeah, he got the fucking bellows and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you and I will change Gallarhorn forever. Um, <clears throat> we got over to the train. Uh, Orga's talking to Mika, talking about Biscuit. Um, and like you know, he's like you know, I'm doing everything that Biscuit criticized him for that he wanted to quit over. And Mika tells them about that conversation way back this, on the beach a couple episodes ago. This is where I need. Maribit's whole thing to come into play here. Like, yeah. like 
I, I just can't believe that like so much of this so much of these four episodes is spent on Maribit being like you guys can't do this it's a, it's a dangerous path you're going down it's the you know the path of revenge this is not right and also independently of that Orga is struggling with this and like it does not seem to be in relation to what Maribit was saying just like reflecting on what Biscuit said and like if Maribit had not been saying these things I would not be I don't know it just feels like Maribit is completely removed separated from the plot writ large mm -hmm. yeah. like no one's reacting to her except for Yuki Nojo to say hey you're you're right but there's nothing we can do and Ride and yeah, and Takaki saying woman moment like that's all we get and it's, it's like all it is. and yet in spite of that we still get this moment of them like <clears throat> re reflecting like I don't think Maribit's name comes up once in this yeah the, the one thing that she should have been here for right Bummer. Bummer. Uh, but but basically, like, um, the whole thing is, you know, Orga's kind of realizing that, like, you know, Biscuit wasn't, like, he, he was critical, but, like, he still believed in him. Like, you know, Biscuit told Mika that, like, you know, he'd only ever been giving Tekken on what they've been wishing for. Like, the whole conversation was Biscuit didn't want to quit. Like, he was like, you know, I said I would, but, like, I, I'm changing my mind. I'm going to stay and stick it all out. And, like, his his last thing that he said to Mika in the flashback is the only way I'll go is if we can all head home together. Which is a fucking... Painful thing to end on, but, like, the boys don't get any reflection time for this because we immediately get an Ahab wave detected, like, as the, you know, the, the, the kids are just waiting out in patrol, like, sitting in the cockpit of a suit, like, ready to go if they need to. Right. Um, <coughs> Card is here. Our friend. Carta's here. She's looking epic. Uh, the, the, her suit has a cape on. Yeah, and rules. Like, I want this. I want this. I want this Gundam. I want this frame. I want to build this thing. Can you get Carta issue Gray's Ritter? Can you buy this? Probably. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Can I oh, buy this? Hold on. Uh oh. Oh yeah. No. 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 This is a good hold on. This is listed as thirteen ninety nine at BigBadToyStore.com. $13.99 at Big Bad Toy. Oh, drop me that link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see. I mean, it should. Hopefully, it's in stock if Google's linking me to it. Pre order estimated to arrive April 2022. Yeah, holy shit. Sarah, I'm dropping this in our scheduling chat for you right now. I need to make a purchase right now. One moment. Yeah. Card is great. It's a fucking. It has the sword. It doesn't have the yeah. cape, but like you can make that yourself. It's, got the, it's got the little like, uh, the, like the Roman helmet uh, yeah. thingy up top. Thirteen. Like this it. is too, this is too cheap. What's going on with this? No, uh, the cheapness is that they made Iron Blooded Orphans kits. Like they so sort of like programming notes. I guess IBO got fucking huge in America and wasn't that popular in Japan. Part huh. of the reason it got so big in America is because the gunpla line fucking exploded because they were able to essentially the way it has something to do with like how the actual like mechanical design of all these suits are in that it makes it very easy to produce models for because they're like a lot chunkier and blockier than most other like mobile suits in other Gundam series. So right. they're easy to produce, which means they're cheaper to produce. So they're like, it's not that they're not detailed necessarily, but they're like, they use fewer plastic and fewer parts. So like, sure. it looks fine. Like the posability gets a little weird. Like some of them have kind of like loose joints and kind oh, of like shoot. can sag over Ooh. time. Oh, that was close. I accidentally just, uh, I, I just went to check out and I accidentally just, uh, <laughs> I came very close to ordering the, uh, the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Super Action Statue Cars reissue standard gray that I put in my cart three months ago when I was trying to buy something for my girlfriend's birthday. I um, mean, I that's probably... I wound up get, I can't afford that hundred dollar statue of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Super Action Statue Cars. Yeah, yeah. But so you I'm can a, afford a. You can certainly afford a thirteen ninety nine. A small price to pay for Carta issue. <laughs> 
Thanos voice. Yeah, exactly. But but I will say I have a ton of Iron Blood Orphans kits and like they're good. Like the, the gray actually honestly the grace is a very, very one of the better Iron Blood Orphans kits. So yeah. can't go wrong. Hell yeah. Uh seal of approval there. Uh so yeah, she's here. She's ready to fight. She has two of her men here. Uh, she has like the reason she has that cape on her suit is because it's the same thing that Crank was doing way back one of like mm-hmm. you know a declaration of a duel. Right. Um. Before anyone can kind of decide what to do, you know it. Mika busting through. He rolls up. Just with that absolutely wrench. no no regard for these guys. All get out of their fucking mobile suits and like just stand in the like do the little thing where they like they stand on the hand. Like one of them gets fucking knocked. Like Mika just like knocks one of the mobile suits away and it completely. The guy just splatters in the we snow. See the fucking blood. Like th- this is. Mika's chilling in Limgrave and he gets invaded and then the invader brings along two other invaders and like they're doing like gestures to start the duel and like he already has Moonfail and he can just like just fuck just tear him apart so easily without them realizing it. Uh-huh. I I I hundred percent Elden Ring today. So I, I, have, I have I have I I love this resolution. I have to admit I was looking forward a little bit to like the three v three duel here. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna get a lot more of that later on. Yeah, like, just in the future. But like yeah, I mean like, like Mika, again, Mika is just like fucking going in. Like he he is truly doing you know Zach Fox square up. Like in New York, I'm yeah. really rock. He got handy in his cup. If you see him <laughs> square up, he squares up. He he's just wrenching these fools. Marabit is like disgusted with the violence and all the kids are like no we need to watch this like right. this is how we get our revenge for biscuit uh and mika is just completely toasting Carta's ass right now uh like he he rips off like they're, both they're of roasting arms. your ass on mobile suit twitter <laughs> <laughs> they're roasting your ass on the train tracks yeah <laughs> uh he, he's like they're broken. T- <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're tying your ass to the train tracks on dick dastardly twitter <laughs> Pretty good. Snide, uh, not Dick. Who is Dick Dastardly? I meant to mean. I meant to say Snidely Whiplash. No, Dick Dastardly is um. Dick Dastardly is. Oh, he, the guy. He, yes, that guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, yeah. Basically, the exact same character. You were right. Just gotcha. Oh yeah, um, that is the same guy. Yep. Yeah. So so Mika like tears both of the arms off of of Carter's grays and like he like he breaks the sword it has and like holds like the shattered like tip of the sword ready to stab her in the cockpit. Uh, before he can, though, like, in the whole time, and it's just sad almost, because, like, Carta is still trying to, like, cling to this notion of honor and fighting fair, and is, like, like, she's not, like, I, I don't know, it's like, she's not, like, almost mad at Mika, so, like, she's just, like, mad that she can't have a fair fight, yeah. more so than anything else, um, and, you know, she, she's fucked up, and, like, right before Mika would land the killing blow, her last words are, help me please, McGillis, uh, and this is when Gylio busting through in the Kamars Trooper. It, it is Centaur mode. I it's fucking hard. love this yeah. thing. <laughs> he's, up, he's up on Star Trek. He's a chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got the fucking like mechanical rocket hooves on the front Hold of on. his knees Have of his you've suit. Seen, you've, seen, you've seen denim Tars, right? No. Oh, I have an image to show you. Yeah, hit me. I'm excited. Let me, let me, let me, let me do a quick, uh, uh, quick, no, not denim Taurus. Denim Tars, please. Denim Tars. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yes. This classic image. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> You've never seen this, huh? I haven't seen it. I'm glad I have now though. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna see what you're looking if you wanna see what you're uh what we're ta- what we're talking about, we're just looking at Denim Fox Tar. Yeah, it's it's a, if a fox centaur wore jeans, would it wear it like this or like this? Yeah. 
Shouts, this is <laughs> genuinely sh- like nothing but positive shouts out to like denim fox tar. It rules. It, it, is, it is high concept art. Uh, ca- oh god, I just found out the origins of it, which is from 2003. Oh my god, watercolors on aquarelle paper. This is this is ain't this is not ancient, but like this is old. This is furry history. Wow, and I'm fucked. This is this is a pillar of the community right here. Yeah. Uh, Man, denim fox toy. I, I, I've never like looked at this image for a long period of time and just kind of breeze past it. But like, man, that ass pocket is really just distorted on that haunch. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's a big kind of ham hock that has to wrap around. Does one of them have hooves and the other one has paws? Um, or one of them it... might just have black paws and it looks like hooves. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they're just black. I think it's just like the shadow and everything. In the, yeah. The, the so I we're talking so long about an image that you can't see unless you're googling it right now. I'm just I'm just entranced <laughs> by denim fox stars. <laughs> the the audience is loyal. They will Google this and they will understand the truth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make them uh, understand. So yeah, Gaile rushes in. He's 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 centaur mode. He's like firing off at Mika and like Orga has Mika um call back. Like he calls him back before the fighting can really get heavy and. He, like, looks at Maribit kind of knowingly as he does this. It's, like, almost like a consolation to her of him. It's like, you know, we can't stay and fight. We have to go. Like, you know, we're running behind schedule. We can't be fighting Gundams on Gundams here. And that's fine with Gaileu, too, because he's, like, carrying the remains of Karta's greys out. And, like, she's dying. She, she's yeah. not make it through the end of this episode. But, like, she thinks that it's McGillis who's saving her. Yeah. And she basically, like, asks him, like, you know... Like, did I fight well? Did I fight honorably? And, like, Gaileo kind of has to pretend to be McGillis and, like, comfort her in her last moments. And, oh, God. Yeah. Rip to a girl boss. Rip Very to sad. a girl boss. Uh, and, like, yeah, Gaileo's, like, Gaileo's crying over it. Because, again, this is, like, his childhood friend, too. Like, this isn't just a McGillis Carta thing. Right, this his is McGillis Carta and Gaileo. Yeah, lost a bestie today. Uh, And then the episode just, you know, wastes no time. Boom. Uh, Next morning, we're in Edmonton. Yay. Yay. Um, yeah, we're, we're in Edmonton and nothing bad is happening. Nothing bad is going to happen. So that brings us to episode 24. A future reward. Tekadon has been sieging Edmonton for the last three days to little avail. Orga gives another rousing speech to Tekadon, pushing them to give it their all in this final mission, a do-or-die moment. While pushing for their final siege, Aze, Laughter, Shino, and Mikazuki are confronted by Ayn, who has now been fused to his suit. With the perfected Alaya Vinyana system, he makes short work of them and storms off to the city proper once he hears that Kudelia has almost reached Parliament. He attempts to kill, kill Kudelia, but is stopped at the last moment by Mikazuki and Barbatos, diving in for the block. Going for that libero, you know, hand, pan, hand pancake. Getting yeah. that ball. <laughs> oh, this one, this one's good. This, this is, like, like, I feel like a quicker episode, because it's just mostly... It's know, just, yeah, it's, it's mostly scrapping, yeah. It's scrapping in, like, the same kind of, like, places, like, sort of, like, river, hillside, going into the city. Um, yeah, and, like, this is what I was talking about earlier, where, like, this really helps, this really helps the pacing, because it just, like, it just opens, and it's been, hey, it's been three days, we've been sieging this place for three days, and it's not fucking working. Yeah, yeah, we see so many Tekadon boys are just completely fucked up, like, Maribid has to do first aid, Autra has to do first aid, like, what, there's a there's a uh, Tekadon boy who's, like, his eye is all bloody, and, like, he's talking to Autry, he's like, I can't see so out of this, and, like, she has to kind of, like, pat his eye with gauze. Very bleak <laughs> way to start an episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but we, we do know that, like, Tekadon is scrappy. Like, they're, they're basically doing, like, guerrilla fighting, almost. Like, you know, dipping out of the forest, and, like, you know, they're holding this bridge, but at the same time, they're, like, being sneaky about it. Like... They're they're holding off like these much bigger numbers from Gallarhorn right now. Mm-hmm. 
the, the boys are tenacious, if nothing else. Uh, and we learn that, uh-oh, the election is in six hours from now. <laughs> yep. Hmm. TikTok. Seems bad. I just, I gotta wonder about the optics of, of the, not, not the optics, but like, no, I do actually have to wonder about the optics of this, because it's like, like... Will the people of Earth just are the people of Earth just this subdued like just this just this under the heel that they will like watch and 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 another person attempt to get in the position to be elected being stopped with military might and then just be like well hey Henri we love Hon- we love Henri so w- I-, I was thinking about this earlier today as I was watching these episodes what I think it might be is like Gjallarhorn doesn't necessarily have the biggest public opinion but we know that um. Like they certainly they have control over like the Ariadne in space and everything. I'm not sure how much influence they have on Earth. I think they have like a separate branch on Earth specifically. But like, what I think it is is probably a lot of media spinning of like the election is happening. This group of guerrilla fighters is trying to bring in a disgraced politician. Ah, uh, like, yeah, true. Yeah, true. And, and like the brave the the brave people of Gallarhorn are holding this this, this violence new pro- away from this the news city. broadcast is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighting in Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly, fighting exactly. <laughs> like I I think it's definitely in the like being spun as that in the universe of people being like, oh yeah. wow, look at the, look at these brave boys in blue. And yeah, not, back and to not, blue. Oh, they're they're putting democracy down here. Yeah. Um. Makanai tells Kudelia like he he's most worried he's most worried about how much bloodshed will happen before they reach their destination. Um, like he knows that they're gonna make it there. He's just like worried how bad it's gonna be after they do. Uh, and uh, let's see, Meribit's like you know I can't imagine anywhere for the boys to go after this. Like the 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 show is really beginning to hone in on the notion of like finding your place and where you can return after right. all of this happens. Um, right. And the whole thing is like, you know, a lot of these boys aren't going home. Like their their return is here because they're dead. Like they're dying for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tekadon has to fall back because this isn't working. But like as they do, Orga kind of sees like there's a collapsed bridge that's kind of damming the river off to the side. So the river red is drying up because like they're fighting. It's like a bridge into the city uh, and Gallarhorn's holding the city side, obviously. But, you know, he's kind of spies an opportunity here. Um we we have this like one short little scene of Gjallarhorn troops are on like a different bridge. One of the guys is talking to the commander there and, and he's saying how, you know, hey, we, we can go. They're falling back like we can flank him. We can attack him. <clears throat> and and the guy in charge is, basically says, you know, we have to follow orders. We can't affect internal affairs officially, at least. So like Gjallarhorn knows that what they're doing is essentially like kind of illegal. Yeah. I'm beginning to think that this kind of power corrupts, Sarah. <laughs> You know, it's really hard to say, but based on the amount of corrupt individuals in Gallarhorn, I think you might be onto something. <laughs> I think I'm sniffing out the truth a little bit here. Gallarhorn, in my Gallarhorn, definitely one of the more corrupt institutions in fiction that I have encountered. It's pretty bad. Ugh. Um, let's see. So, so I, I have to specify in fiction because so many, like so many, <laughs> so many. Uh, yeah, you compare it to real life; it's not even close. Right? It's like, oh, that's all you're doing. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that <laughs> how, is corrupt. How, how tame. Yeah, right, like we well, on were paper, I guess. doing. Uh, we were doing that shit in the fifties, but like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the repairs are undergoing. Um, we we <laughs> Big learned time the reason. Gallarhorn's corruption. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we learned some lore information of like what Ahab reactors do. They fuck everything around them up electronically. The reason they can't just charge into the city with their mobile suits is because. Ahab reactors are like explicitly disallowed in cities because of this. Like 
it will it just like you know it's basically like a walking EMP. Yeah. Um. This, this will be important it's, it's for their, later. It's the it's the Minkowski particles. Minkowski particles. Yeah, exactly. Minkowski. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, okay, this this might be apocryphal, but I think it's true. Um, when Yoshiyuki Tomino, creative Gundam, was uh, writing Gundam double seventy nine, um, he wanted to call them Tominovsky particles after himself, and uh-huh. the other writers were like, "We got to tone it down a little bit. We want to make it sound a less like gassing yourself up and be more like you know Russian scientisty." But it's very funny that there was there was a world. It's like George Lucas calling the midichlorians like Lucas forms or something. <laughs> Shit like that. You the, the, use the Lucas. Use the. <laughs> he did. Okay, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on. Wait, a no, yeah. Hold. I'm just. I am just now realizing this too. He named like the character was named Luke. This MF named George Lucas Skywalker. <laughs> Damn, George! You pulled one over this. on us. How am I just realizing this? What the fuck? I'm fucking. <laughs> He played us like a goddamn fiddle. I'm losing my fucking mind. George Venture. Yeah, that would, that would be weird if George Lucas had named something in the Star Wars universe <laughs> after him. Holy <laughs> hell. <laughs> George, explain. <laughs> George. Holy oh, shit. God. This is like a realization on the level of fucking Uchikoshi creating Pepsi Man. Yeah. <laughs> um. So three, three, three big revelations in my life. One, Uchikoshi made Pepsi Man. Two, that part in in Virtue's Last Reward when uh, Ten Miyoji says last time, when he asks what, sorry, that part in Virtue's Last Reward when Sigma says last time. Three, this George Lucas self insert. Yeah, <laughs> bigger Dire. Luke. It's he's bigger Luke. He is the bigger Luke. <laughs> um. Okay. Or Orga, Orga is giving, he's telling like Mika that we're going to make one final push. And he says, I'll be real with you, Chief. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of casualties on this one. But no one you, uh, no one you know. No one your name. No one's named. <laughs> yeah. Mika, Mikazuki Agas, I promise you, no one with a name will die in this final push. I genuinely can't, like, God, I'm sorry. It just feels like some kid glove shit. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm clamoring for bloodshed of these characters that I love. Like, there is... Like, but it just feels so undercut. Like, genuinely, like, the end of this episode had me thinking that Ozzy, Shino, and Laughter were dead. And I was like, I'm, pu- this is, I am putting Iron-Blooded Orphans in the freezer so it can't hurt my feelings anymore. And then the next episode, they're alive. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I'm happy that they're alive, I guess. Yeah. But, like. But, but what was, the, like, kill one person, maybe, you know? They got Dios. They got Dios. They got Dios. My, my uh, favorite, my beloved character, Dios. Yeah, beans. I we, we hardly knew ye, Dios. Yeah, we we really did. <laughs> we really, really, truly didn't know shit. I uh, but but yeah, yeah he, me, me. he like Orga gives like a big speech to this to this effect. Basically, that's like you know, mm-hmm. it's this is Tekadon's last operation. Whether we succeed or fail, like yeah. it, it, we're either gonna do it or we're gonna die trying. Um, he orders Maribet to take the wounded and get out of there, and um, he's like, "Listen, we are all bet. We're betting with your lives. Uh, this is a it's a reckless plan, but it's our only path to victory. If you don't agree, you can leave with the wounded. But if you join me in this, bet your life on the operation." And Maribet's like, "You're fucking crazy. Do you want these children to die?" And it's like, again, Mar- like, yeah, like all the kids say, "Yes, we want to die for Tekadon." Like. It, it's horrific, and, like, th- th- this scene is the most effective of that, I suppose, because, like, it is the kids essentially telling Mary that they are okay with dying. 
Right, like, like, I guess this is a culmination of the conversations that she had with, like, but, like, why do they need to explicate it? Could she not have gathered this from the last, like, three times yeah. she tried to speak up and no one was with her? If if this was, if, like, okay, a simple way to change this would be, like, Mayor has this internal mo- monologue yes. in her head yes. of, like, this is what she's never to able step- to bring it up until now, and she's like, yes. okay, you've gone too far, and then they're all, like, we... We're fine. Like we want to die may, for this. And that, cause. Would, that would make it so much less like antagonistic too, because it feels like that. That would be like like the kids reassuring her that like no, this is we are actually all in on this instead of them being like fucking woman moment. We've told you this. How many yeah. times we teach you this lesson, yeah. old woman? It's a very very easy fix. This right. is <laughs> this is our. I do like I do like this scene writ large. Like in a vacuum, the scene is yeah. great, but just like with the with the context of everything Maribit's been doing this up ep- these episodes, it's just I know. Ugh. It puts a damper on it. Um, so, yeah, essentially, like, Mirabits can take the wounded out. Um, they're going to drive Makadai into the city. They're going to, like, use the riverbed. They're going to drive over it. And, like, they're going to basically, like, use as many decoys on the bridge as possible to distract Galahorn enough for them to drive over. Um, and, like, Yukino, or I'm sorry, uh, Kudelia and Makanai get in, like, this humpy-looking thing. And who's driving them over but little Atra Mixta? Little, uh, she's so small. Her hands barely reach the steering wheel. Her Get sleeves her are like three seat. times. Yes, she's got a booster seat. This is so fucking funny. Like she's like Kudelia, this is my revolution to protect you. And Makinai's like, oh, how interesting. Makinai's yeah. such a fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. Uh, but yeah, Tekadon's on the offensive, right? The the suits are like they're, they're fighting in like a field near the city, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> they're all charging like this um this Galahorn forward camp like Corliss is there and you know they just start blowing up the suits before they can even get back into them um this is when Kamara's trooper rolls up Gaile was here to stop Mika and like cut back to the bridge is this is like Final Fantasy 5 battle on the big bridge type shit except for instead of Gilgamesh it's just a bunch of kids dying as like you know Galahorn is like aiming at the they're like the mobile workers are pushing like junk forward like they're pushing debris to like create a shield and it's like kind of working um Ride actually was able to get into a mobile worker and like charges forward and he gets like shot off the bridge. He's you know, we don't see him die, so he doesn't die, but like yeah, I thought, for a second there, you're like, oh Yeah, uh oh, a a minor a, a named but if if a named if minor character has perished, but no. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Um he gets like a bandage on his head later. But like um, I sorry, just jumping back real quick, I just wanted to mm. Kudelia, or Atra saying she's going to protect Kudelia in place of Mikazuki. It's this is her revolution. She's she's gay. She's just a gay little like like T four T four T. I'm I'm, gonna, T4, I'm T4, just T4. saying. <laughs> we we are simply saying. Listen, it's uh, it's it's sixteen T cubed. If you if you if you like multiply it all together. Yes. yes. Sixteen T cubed. Or no, wait. No, it'd be eight. Well, no, I mean, four times four, it... four times four is sixteen. Oh, I, I was thinking. I was thinking two times two. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I was thinking two cubed. T fourteen fourteen. Yeah, T cubed sixteen T cubed. Because the <laughs> T's are multiplied true. together. This is this is truly polymath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang it up. That's it. <laughs> we 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 got there, folks. Have a good night. Just, yeah, just lower the curtain. I'm you know tip your waitress. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our sign off now. <laughs> oh god. So <laughs> fucking. Polymath. <laughs> That's what I'm calling myself from now on. Now that I'm a master's student, I've got two girlfriends. <laughs> I'm a t- I'm a polymath. You're a polymath. God. You're saying good. <laughs> <sighs> um. 
To, hey, to keep the fucking energy up, right before Oregon Gang are about to like drive over the river, like they're gonna do it no matter what, even if there aren't enough uh, troops to like kind of block it. But inexplicably, just in time, a fucking like missile barrage hits Gallarhorn, and we see a bunch of like brand spanking new shiny mobile workers. And it's Eugene and Chad and Dante and all the human debris and like the rest of Technicon is here to kick ass now. Yeah, where's 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 Dexter Coloster and all this? I gotta know. Where's my man? <laughs> He's doing polymath. <laughs> He's their accountant. This is his job. Yeah. Sorting out all like the he's sorting out like how do you file jointly with six people? He's trying to figure that out for Naze right now for tax season. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, it's like it's like I honestly this moment is such a pop moment. Like I'm not even trying to think about the logistics of them arriving just in time from space. Just like no, this is this rules. The boys are here. Let's go. Like I'm not even thinking about it. It's very it's very good. It's very epic. Uh, Meanwhile, Gileo like kind of runs Corliss off and he basically tells the um you know, he tells the other mobile suits to support the mobile workers, uh, as Gileo is able to take Mika and all the others as the suits run off, we see that big fucker Greys arrive and th- this is like a genuinely freaky fight. Yeah, it's because, scary. Like because the A V system we've seen thus far is like you know, you're hooked up to it, but you're still using your hands to control, like, the manipulators inside the cockpit. Like, when you literally just have a neural link from your brain to the entirety of the suit, you can do all sorts of, like, insane combat right. maneuvers. This this feels like, um, <clears throat> have you seen Hunter Hunter? I've seen bits. Um, have you seen the part where Uvogin kills those three guys, uh, mm-hmm. in season two? Like, I have not. It, okay, um, I'm trying to think of another, like, point over, just like, you know, a point of reference where, like, things seem under control and then something really bad goes down and a bunch of people die as a result. Like, like, just like that, just like that moment of sheer terror, like, oh, fuck, this thing's dangerous and it's going to kill people. And I mean, I've kind of seen, like, I mean, from what I've seen, the most apt thing is, like, gone against Neferpito. I haven't seen that. I haven't. Okay. How have you seen that, but not the, the thing I'm referencing? Because I'm at the point in my life when YouTube only recommends me top 10 anime moments all the time forever. <laughs> True. So um, I'll just like look. I'll Hunter be like, Hunter "Oh, cool, does- a new badass anime fight to watch." Hunter Hunter does have a lot of that, I guess. Just like moments of like, "Oh shit, this is deadly," and it's going to kill a couple people that are yes. standing right here. So, so, so yeah, I'm on the wavelength, and like that is what Ayn is now. Like he's just this fucking like complete beast. Like the the, the Grey's Ayn is cool. It's freaky. It's like a Grey's that you put on a rack and pinion and stretched out like its limbs half again as long mm-hmm. with like these weird flared shoulders that have like machine guns that pop out from under them and like. His hands and feet can, like, blink together and create a drill. Like, it's... He can do so much in this thing. It's cool. It's also, like, just black and badass and has, like, a big red eye. Mm -hmm. I like it. Uh, And the first thing it does is kill asterisk Ozzy. Yeah. It... God, it just... It just... Like, he just immediately just crunches her cockpit. Yeah, he fucking... He, he, like... Like... Sorry, I, I'm. Real, I know I keep being hung up on this, and like I know it's the nature of gun and like not kill someone until they show you until you, we, we see them dead for sure, 100. percent But it's like these characters die. Like for yeah. like in terms of just visual language, these characters are dead. Like mm. the the way the way this fight is like like we it just looks so dire for these characters yeah. and like them all surviving this feels like such a pulled punch. It, like, it's like, yeah. I'm not going to be complaining about this much after this episode because it means I get to experience more Ozzy and laughter and Shino. And, like, I really do like those characters a lot, but it's like, 
commit. Like especially yeah, since, especially yeah. since it seems like this, especially since it like looked like this show could have been ending here. Like you can leave, you can like have a high body count at this point. Yeah, it's okay for a character to be killed off. Like I don't mind it. It hurts, but it's like if it's good for writing, like this is bad for writing. They have yeah, it, ah. and like I, 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 even other times, and it's like this. This is Gunnan's problem, I guess, because like other time, other points in this episode where I was like, I'm not sure if a character just died, like. I really yeah. wasn't sure if Carter was dying or just, like, knocked out because of how, like... Because, like, this happened to Takaki in the episode when he was, like, on Mika's back or something when they were, like, scouting. And yeah. it looked like he was going to die, but then he was in the Lazarus pit, and it's fine. It's, like, it's just so hard to tell, like, when... Because, like, the Carter moment really didn't hit for me because I was questioning, is this character dead? Did she just get knocked out? What really happened? Because it's so unclear at this right. with these things. It's just I frustrating. Think- I think at this point the formula is if they're an unnamed if they're like an unimportant unnamed character and they die, they're dead. If they're an important character and they die but they don't get a funeral, then they're alive. Like that that's kind of how the formula works. Yeah. From yeah. Um and you know, Ozzy gets crunched. Next up, Lofter gets like drilled in the cockpit, and you know, all we see is a blood splatter and nothing else. So it's like, oh great, Lofter's dead too. Yep. Um Gileo's like exposing Tamika as they fight, and you know, he's telling him that Ayn has become one with the suit. This is the true ally of Inyana, and Mika doesn't care. He just fucking punches Kamaris in the head. Um, Shino next is next to appear to die as like he takes a pile bunker to like the neck through the cockpit or like right. through the top it, of the cockpit. It looks like that. It looks like that fucking scene in Evangelion where like that the, in the first episode when like the robot is yeah. holding up. It's the, like the, the palm thing's like bah, bah, bah. Right. Like and uh, like that also doesn't kill unit 01, I guess. So, like that's mm-hmm. I guess like this this she looks... knows not a 200 meter tall angel though. No. No. Yeah. It's it's just it's just whatever. This uh, scene is yeah. so cool and scary and it's just compl- like Episode 24 is completely undercut by episode 25, in my opinion. Exactly. Like, this, yeah, 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 yeah. this scene is completely dumpstered by the, the lack of consequences to it. Yeah. Because, like, what, what happens then is that Mikazuki starts losing, but then uh, Yukinojo radios in and is like, Hey, uh, Kudelia is here. She's on her way to Parliament. And Ayn's like, Oh, Kudelia! Yeah. And runs over to the city. He just leaps away. Um, um, we cut to Orga's mobile worker drifting through the streets like it's like Bond's tank in Moscow and Goldeneye. Yeah, it rules. <laughs> um, all the comms are cut though because the Ahab wave from I'm from I'm from Ayn's Grays has disrupted them, mm-hmm. and he's he's like, oh, I remember now. I was supposed to obey Crank's orders and and capture Cordelia, and like in his landing, like knocked over the jeep that uh, Atra was driving. Like we see Atra like stuck in the seatbelt, like dangling, yeah, like, hanging like, upside down from it. Rules. And just like, just like, just like, she's like, she's like fucking fussing with it. Like, um, you know, in, in Wind Waker, when Link gets put into the barrel to get launched onto the the prison island, yeah, and he's, and and he's just like, like mm, shuffling around mm, in it. Mm, yeah, it's so good. Mm, mm. <laughs> it's also like, how how the fuck old is Machinai? Like, <laughs> that guy should be toast from this kind of like wreck. <laughs> Grandpa, <laughs> rest in peace, Grandpa died before he get elected from blood force trauma from a car turning upside down. He, could, he, he, he couldn't eat his burgers. No one showed up. <laughs> uh, but right before, like, Kudelia Kuda is, like, standing in the middle of the street. Like, she's it's like, you want right something here. for me, big boy? Big boy, come get it. Better better make it hurt. Better kill me. Better, you know, get me in one shot. Uh, and, like, both Atra and Orga are, like, running to protect Kudelia. And, like, right before Ayn's able to bring the axe down, Kudelia tackles... Or, um, I'm sorry, Atra tackles Kudelia out of the way, and Mika's, like, there just in time to, like, take the axe and, like, hold him back. It's good! Yeah! Uh, 
and 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 then we cut back to the field. Gailio, you know, because like Mika just left the combat with Gailio, and Gailio's faced with a certain red double bladed mobile suit. Uh, it's the Grim Garrida, and he doesn't yet know. We see um, McGillis take the the Montauk mask off, but like Gailio doesn't know this until the next episode, right? Because but, like, because he does not have a video feed into the cockpit. Yeah, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have Mika sense where he can tell who the pilot is based on like, their fucking, style or whatever. Fucking like fucking I uh, I. Uh, Billy Loomis taking off the ghost face mask while talking to Sydney on the phone in Scream yes. 1. <laughs> just like yes. dramatically being like, do you recognize me now, Sydney? Yeah. And it's just like, your voice has still come through a vocoder and I'm on the other end of a phone, so no. Yeah, <laughs> so no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about it. Yeah, sorry about it. And that that's episode ending. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. All right, Sarah. Fucking let's go. Season finale. Episode 25. Tekadon. As Mika fights Ayn in the city, Orga and the others continue to take Machinai to Parliament in the mobile worker. As the battle rages in the streets, Megillus reveals himself to Gailio and tells him that he needed Gailio and Ayn to be pawns for him so he could disrupt the balance of power in Galarhorn and gain more power for himself. He enrages Gailio to the point where he is able to stab him in the cockpit and leave. Right before the election takes place, Machinai and the others make it to Parliament using a secret tunnel to sneak under Galarhorn's noses. Machinai has Gudelia make an address to Parliament and this secures his position as Arbras Prime Minister. Mika is able to defeat Ayn by turning off Barbatos' limiters, but loses use of his right hand and eye as a result. The ceasefire is signaled, and Tekadon is victorious. The gang finally are able to head back to Mars with a job well done. This is an exceedingly happy season finale, I must say. Yeah, I was expect... I mean, you know, this... Uh, it Even with the undoing of uh, Shino, Ozzy, Laughter dying, like, even with that uh, undo button being pressed, like, it's still feels... Like, even if that hadn't happened, this still feels really optimistic. Yeah, yeah. Which I wasn't expecting at the midpoint, but I mean, like, I know, like, I mean, this is this is compared to like you know, seventy nine didn't really have like a midpoint. Like you know, you got to episode twenty six and it was still, but it was like it didn't feel like there was like a major thing wrapping up. And the same thing happens when in Zeta when the OP changes because like they're in the middle of like uh of, like a two or three episode thing when the OP changes. Yeah, because yeah. I think they like, just I think got the, back into space. I think. Yeah, the yeah that was just after uh uh, uh Amuro <laughs> learns how to open a checking account. <laughs> That's fucking right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's the, the show could have ended here. I'm glad the show didn't. I think the ep- the episode fifty ending of the show is better. Um, but like, yeah, th- this is just like a weirdly saccharine almost ending, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah we did it and everything's fine except for the ones who died along the way, but didn't matter except for like two of them. Yeah. Yeah. The only two the, the, getting to the end of the season with the only na- <laughs> Okay. So who, who do we got in terms of named like good guy characters that have died? We've got Fumitan, Dear, Fumitan Biscuit, Biscuit, Donji in episode one who wanted to yeah. see big boobs. Didn't have enough time. Dios. D- D- yes, beloved Dios. Beloved character Dios. Um, uh, uh, Masahiro. Oh, that's right, yeah. Not yeah. really, not really like, a good guy. That, I mean, questionable uh, uh, placement on the good guy, bad guy spectrum. Right, but he, but he wasn't Tekadon. Yeah. He was gonna be, but he wasn't. So yeah, it's it's just like, since Biscuit, it's just nothing. It's like, aside from those five characters, like, and, and you know, the probably hundreds of unnamed kids that mm-hmm. have died, we're fine. Good, happy ending. Yay, we did it. I don't know. It's, it's it's weird. It's like weird to dwell on, you know, because like you see through the cracks, but you know that that's why the show's only halfway done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more to go. So this episode starts, and I love I love when shows do this when they play the opening like as just action happens. Mm-hmm. 
This like, is they, this is interesting because this is something, this is something I've never seen before. I have on many occasions seen the OP playing over while action happens and the credits playing also. I have never seen them cut to the OP midstream. I've seen yeah, them do that. With, a, I've seen them do that with EDs a lot. Yeah, they do it in this show like every other episode. Right, but I've never seen the the cut to OP midstream. I don't think. Yeah, yeah they're very proud of it. I guess. Uh, so yeah, they're they're Mika's fighting Ayn in the streets as the mobile worker. Uh, they're driving Orga and, and, and Atra and Kadeli and Machinai. And like Machinai's hanging on the back, and like Machinai's aide is like hanging the front splayed in front of it as they drive through the streets. This fucking comedy. Mm-hmm. Um Oh yeah, and then and by the way, she knows alive. <laughs> he wakes up, we cut to him. Um Yeah, he's chilling. He like, he's chilling. He's like, you know, he, he's fucked up, but he's like barely seeing McGillis and Gileo fighting. McGillis reveals himself to Gileo. You know, he goes from Montauk to McGillis Farid. Uh, and he basically says, hey, I need Tekadon to further my ideals. Um, and Mc- this, I, this moment is so fucking good. Because he goes to, he looks at Gileo and he's like, Ayn is living proof of everything Gjallarhorn hates. And yet they made it. It's the devil himself. It's, it's, I think this scene is cool. It seems so fucking good. No, it's like, it's McGillis's trick. It's just like, you, this one you realize all of the gassing up he did is just like to further his own gains and he's ready to just like ditch everyone around him to yeah. like set himself up higher yep. and like this is when Galio was like oh oh you're 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 a little you're a weird little blonde boy aren't you yeah nasty little man nasty little man he said, says he'll never forgive such villainy but he is forced to he is forced to forgive such villainy because he's getting absolutely washed um McGillis yeah, is like uh McGillis is like uh I'm marrying your little sister so as the son-in-law I will now take this I will now take your place as the successor of the Baldwin line and with Carta dead the, the issue line has no successor yeah like Gilo just completely snaps here and he's like McGillis just you know charging him going crazy he's like McGillis is just like you know tilting his opponent to, to make sure Gailey right, makes a mistake. Right, he's, he's, he's sitting him in all chat with the GG with the GG Easy freeload. Yeah, <laughs> Miguel has to type enough to type GG five turns before the battle ends. He's shift enter question mark enter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we see Lasker is like continuing to try and postpone the election before it happens, but doesn't matter anymore because hey, Mock and I's here. He arrived just in time, and Henri freaks out because you know. <laughs> she doesn't think that he should be here, but he is. Uh, we learned that they took a secret tunnel from like the prime minister's residence to secret get here. Tunnel. Like, secret tunnel. Because Gallarhorn is like has the entire parliament building surrounded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they didn't know about the fucking prime minister's secret tunnels, which seems important. I guess I guess Henri is not prime minister yet, so she wouldn't know about the secret tunnel. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They um, didn't tell her about the. They haven't told her about the book of secrets either, like in National Treasure too. Yeah, <laughs> she really wants to know who she. Finally, she will know who killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> Which Gundam was on the grassy knoll? Book of Secrets was kind of a ridiculous movie. It was kind of fucking wild. I remember very little. I just remember Mount Rushmore gets involved in the end. I don't remember the Mount Rushmore part. I do remember them sneaking into the Oval Office and like, like the 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 Oval Office desk is like an ancient puzzle box. Yeah, that must the, be the, the fucking resolute desk. Yes. God, what I should rewatch. I, I rewatched National Treasure one fairly recently, and that movie still holds up. Honestly, mm, yeah. It's 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 just a fun like action movie. Not even action, really. It's who's like in, a, who's in that one besides Nikki? Uh, Scene Bean. Scene Bean. So, so, yeah, John Sean Bean's a main bad guy. Sean, Sean Bond. Um. Diane Kruger, I think, is like the love interest. Yeah. 
Um, I Someone named plays Justin the... Bartha? Justin Bartha? Is that Riley? Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember, who plays his dad? I remember his dad. Is... Uh, 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 John Bern- or John Voigt. <laughs> John Bernthal, now hold on. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny, huh? National Treasure fan cast. <laughs> Good movies, though. Yeah. Harvey Keitel's in that one. He is in that one. That's right. He's like the fucking FBI agent that tracks him down the whole time. Yeah. What a... I mean, it's a Disney movie, so I guess I should be, shouldn't be surprised. It has such, like, a banger cast, but... Right. I like it. Um, let's see. So... <clears throat> Uh, Takaki, this is after, you know, the election kind of starts to begin. Uh, Takaki's, like, talking to Orca. And, you know, he says, like, Mika's still fighting. Like, even though this is kind of ending soon. And he realizes that Orga's going to go back out on the battlefield and, like, help Mika. Because, like, you know, he's going to see this whole thing through. Like, he's not going to sit back with just Makanai being delivered. Like, there's more to be done here. This is his responsibility. Um, and, like, Isnario's kind of reflecting on this, too, in, in a room on the side. He's like, you know, this is supposed to be perfect. Like, who could have known about all this? And this is when he realized, like... Oh, my son did all of this, huh? Oh, my oh, epic no. son, I trained him too well. <laughs> my epic rude son, I trained him to be too epic and too rude to surpass me. Oh, no. A level of rudeness to surpass Metal Gear. <laughs> uh, I hate like, I hate that Discord does like sound attenuation for anyone laughing really hard now. Because every time I say a joke and you... and Because it, 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 sometimes I'll say a joke and it goes quiet in the door for two seconds. And I'm like, I can't tell if I just bombed or if Max is laughing too hard for it to be picked up. No, I, I am laughing. I mean, it's... <laughs> A quiet, I'm at the point in the recording, my voice is getting scratchy because I haven't had enough water. But no, I, sip, sip. I assure oh, you, I, also, I am I also, laughing. I, also, I got my big glass of water here. I haven't taken a single sippy mm. all, all time. Let's, let's drink. Let's have a sippy. <sighs> Refresh. <sighs> Delicious. That's the good shit. No, I am laughing. It shows up in the actual recording, so it's... It no, yeah, I, 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 I know, I know it does. I just discord sound attenuation <laughs> makes me think that my jokes are tanking. <laughs> In the moment, oh no! In Discord, uh, so, Discord also, I, I also this never happens here, obviously, but I also love it when I'm just like I don't recognize I've been muted for ten minutes and I'm like, wow, tough, tough crowd, and I don't like crowd. Oof, yeesh. All right. So. <laughs> um, so a guy that was fighting McGillis, and you know he's talking about how he trusted him with his sister. Um, and McGillis is like, friendship, love, trust. Such soft-hearted emotions, but they will never reach me because I have lived my life in anger for far too long. And mm-hmm. then he just stabs the cockpit yep. with Skyleo inside. Uh, but he does say, as you know, as he stabs him, he's like, I never lied to you. I truly did need you and Ayn, and you were my only friend, truly. And he just, like, pieces out. Just yeah. real, real, you know, blame this on the misfortune of your birth. Real Char moments here. Yeah, like, this really... I did not realize that these guys were going to be literally Char and Garma when I called them that in episode one. I mean, hey, the blonde hair, purple hair, there's only one way to interpret that. Right. Where, where else can that go besides beyond when the misfortune of your birth? God, <laughs> he should he should have said that, though. He should have said that. That would have been so fucking sick. I would have done the Leo point. <laughs> I think you're... <laughs> I think at the end of season two, the reveal should be like you remember in you remember Men in Black, the the alien like more the morti- the guy who worked at the morgue who was like an alien piloting a suit. Yeah, Tony Tony, Tony Shalhoub, right? No, yeah. that wasn't Tony. Shalhoub. Oh, no, no um, Tony Shalhoub was the pawn shop guy. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about though. But yeah, yeah, in Men in Black one, um, the guy piloting like the the human suit. I just think it'd be funny if just yes. like McGillis takes off his face, there's like a little tiny char, like an old tiny char piloting him. <laughs> like a shriveled little like 300 year old char. Yeah. <laughs> God, that'd be sick. <laughs> I miss char. Um, We cut over. The only battle that's like still really happening is between Ayn and Mika. 
And Ayn's, you know, Ayn's like gone fucking mad. He's talking about how he's going to purify everyone's sins. Um, you know, it's, he's like talking about Crank's honor and how this is the righteous path for humanity to merge man and machine with the true Elia Vinyana. Um, yeah, he's, at this point. Ayn is, Ayn is on some fucking FromSoft boss shit. Yeah, he's exposing, you know. He, he, your body is disgraced is by sins. Yeah. I, like, like, just fucking, like, I, like, I can just, like, imagine, like, you know, Mikazuki gets killed, like, you died, text pops up, you just hear, I will purify you through death. That is, is that is extreme from Sopship, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thou art unfit even to purify. <laughs> MF says, that's good. MF says, thou art. <laughs> Margit, get a new dictionary. That's, that's that silly, that's Godric. Oh, is it? Okay, I don't remember. I... Yeah, yeah okay. um, uh, uh, Margaret says like it's time to put these foolish ambitions to rest. Which That's always, right. Yeah, which made me mad for the two days I was whacking my head against that with like you mm. know level seventeen, no shield, no summons, right. no nothing, and I was like, yeah, got- I'm not going bed. Like it's one thirty a.m. and I like banging my head against it for two hours. And I'm like, I'm not going Betty by mode after he said that to me. No, you gotta you gotta remember. I played 130 hours of that fucking game. It's hard, it's hard to remember everything. Yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> There's some guys in that one. What? what? FromSoft packed so many guys into this one. I saw a late game boss, and I'm very excited to get to him. I oh god, the late game bosses are just like all incredibly good. I I just like I you can cut this. You, I just I, I saw I watched my friend fight Moog, and I'm like oh this looks good. It's oh god that one's so fuck. Okay, I I will say nothing more. I will tell you it rules. Yeah. Um. So Mika is like kind of realized that hey he can kind of do what Ayn's doing because he realizes Ayn is way too fast for a regular Elia Banana and mm-hmm. he realizes like oh should I have the limiters on and he's like hey Barbatos can you hook me up give me everything give me every-. and like his eye is fucked up and bleeding and his hand is kind of like twitching but like he's like give me more and this is when he he, he picks up the Uchi and he's like he finally has enough dexterity to properly wield it he's like oh I know how to do this now mm-hmm. and he just like Cuts Gray's Ayn's hands off like easy peasy, just, just like bow, bow, bow. Bow. easy, and then um, and then just gets him. He gets him like he just just dabs him. Um, as this happens, we um, uh, I we talk talk radios Orgo to say hey, all of the um the the thing the communication drones are in place. You can talk now, even though the Ahab wave is shut down and everything. And Orgo's like, message to all bitches, please survive, <laughs> please survive. I love it. Oh, God, he, he, like, so he, nice. he hits he hits him with like don't die just live and like you can know Joe I think it's you can know Joe later says so like it's a pretty yes. simple message and it's in essence but it's like like it's it is a pretty simple message in essence but like I like it a lot like don't die just live yeah sure but like like in in a vacuum very simple but like similar to you're familiar with people die if they are killed right that meme from yes. fate. Like in context, I really like that line. Like, like that is that that line. To, if I remember correctly, at least that line is really much like a lot about like the fragility of the human body, right? Which is like you know I've talked about this a lot. Like you know Snowden Secret Catch Twenty Two, Kai's girlfriend getting bumped off that plane. Like you know, uh-huh. like but it's just you know don't die, just live. The simplicity of it, I like it. I really really like this. It's so good. Like because because Yuki Nojo talks about how he's like he. I think he's talking to Maribit. He's like you know Orga's been wanting to give that order for so long now because like the entire time they've been fighting towards the skull and they've been fighting and they've been like willing to die for it. But now they're seeing it through and like they're like right at the precipice. And now it's like not don't fight to die fight to live like live to see everything finish successfully like it's it's like this very triumphant moment of orga being like you don't need to die anymore like we did it like we're good like just mm-hmm. just live and like finish this finish this whole thing and like you know as this happens 
uh, Mach and I get in, in Parliament, he is able to give an address, but instead he like tells Cudelia to give one. Like it's it, it, it's not his show anymore. Like he needs to be like kind of betting all of his chips on her and you know her whole maiden of revolution hope shtick, and it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, she like begs Parliament, choose hope. Um, yeah, please make the right decision. Change the world. My final message. You know, Mika yep. kills Ayn. <laughs> yep. Um, I also love. I love the way Mika does kill Ayn because you know this. Like he kills him while Org is giving the address, and like he just you know just right in the cockpit stabs him, and he says, "Shut up! You've been making so much noise out here. I can't hear Orga." Mm-hmm. It's like I can't hear my boyfriend. Please be quiet. <laughs> Please, I need to hear my man. I gotta hear. I gotta hear my guy. Um, and finally, the ceasefire signal like launches. We see some green flares in the sky, and like we did it. We fucking did it. We beat it. Yeah. Yay. And like Mika's talking to Orga, like, because Orga made it to the battle. And like, you know, Orga's never in any danger when he went out in the uh, mobile worker all alone. But like, he's standing on top of the cockpit with Mika and they're looking at the sort of the sunset. And Mika asks Orga, like, is this the place where they belong? And Orga's like, yeah, it's one of them. One of them, yeah. And like, it's just, it's this nice moment of like, they did it. Orga took him to the place he belongs. Yeah. Huh, it's quite nice. Um, from there, we cut to four days later, you know, again, just skipping to the only the really important parts that the show needs to show us. Yeah. Uh, Tekadon's getting ready to leave Edmonton. We get a scene on Vinyalf with McGillis, who's like taking over Isnario's position in the Seven Stars. Like, Isnario's being put into exile. I guess he's not, you know, despite how kind of corrupt and distrusted Gallarhorn is, they're still actually willing to, like, put him in exile for all of his own scheming, even though <laughs> McGillis did so much more shit. Mm-hmm. But hey, it doesn't only matters if you get caught, right? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it ain't, it ain't, listen, if you don't get caught, nothing happened. Exactly. And, you know, Isnario's, like, threatening McGillis a little bit. He's like, you know, McGillis is like, oh, I'll protect the family name. And he just tells McGillis, like, you know, only misery's gonna wait you if you keep on going down this path. Yeah, if you forget that I saved you from him. If you forget that I saved you from despair, then only despair awaits. And McGillis, like, hands him a copy of Danganronpa. (laughs) He's like, oh, hold on. There's there's a PS Vita in the the dress drawer. You will need it. Um, we Arbor has that... Arbor has proposed Tekadon as their military advisor. Yeah, which is like insane thing. They to... did literally one successful operation. They're they should not be in charge children. of a quarter of the earth. They're literally child soldiers. Don't do this, Arbrow. Like, I get that. Yes, you had a debt to pay to the kids, but like, don't repay it like this. Good lord. Yeah. There's three adults in the organization. Yeah, uh, Noblis and McMurdo are just talking about the victory back on, uh, uh, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I could pull the, Saisei, 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 Saisei. Yeah. yes, got that. <laughs> got it. <laughs> my mind, my mind, my, my mind palace contains everything, it's just a matter of finding the right file cabinet. <laughs> um, I, 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 Toto is at the, Toto is at the Baldwin yeah. estate to pick up, uh, uh, McGillis and because Toto, Toto is like, hey, I'm here to pick up the master, and he's like, he he flicks his cigar in the air with a cigar which has like ninety percent of the booth left on it, and like yeah. just flicks it away, clenches his fist, is like, I'm his right hand man. And I, what is this moment? I don't know. What it's is so this? weird. Toto's such a fucking weird character. It feels like, like, like it feels like a, a payoff for something Toto did, but like all Toto has done in the since episode like. Five or six after he got shipped over to the Gallarhorn ship, like all he has done is like just be someone for for 
uh, uh, McGillis as uh, uh, Montag to talk to, to exposit to. Yeah. Like, that's like, all he's done. I, I think Toto's such a sh- like a, a shithead that he is so happy in doing like the bare minimum of a complete job for someone that he's just like, this fucking rules. Like, it, it, it reminds me a little bit, and I know you haven't seen Double Zeta, but there's some characters in Double Zeta who like spend the first like third half of the series like just trying to undermine their own group and like basically join the other side to further their positions and make sure they make it out safe mm-hmm. and like they end up getting rehabilitated in a much better way than Toto does because like it would hit so much different if if they um Bicha and Wanda specifically for those who've seen Double Zeta if they like just didn't actually like become part of the group again and like were just like there like doing the bare minimums like you know you wouldn't want them to be around but like for Toto this is like the best case where he's like oh I'm such a good person now this rules everyone right. love me it's uh, weird and then it's we weird, also yeah. get McGillis co- co- comforting uh, Almira. Is that her name? Almiria. Almiria. I was close. Um, yeah. Comforting Al- Almiria. She like sobs about Gaileo's death, and I'm just like, ooh, this evil man. I love this evil ass man. Yes. <laughs> like this is honestly anything involving Almiria is the one part about McGillis that I do not wholeheartedly love. Like I, mm. I, I I'm not going to get into it because I've talked this to death about how much I fucking yeah. hate this, but like. Everything else McGillis is doing, 100% firing on all cylinders, top tier char. He's such a good char. I love it. Um, and yeah, it's it's like not it, not the worst Almiria scene. He's just like, you know, I won't leave your side. I'll still protect you even though your brother's dead. Um, and we, we cut back to Edmonton. No, like, like, but like, even, even, mm-hmm. with the, even with that, like just like the him, him like being an emotional manipulator of Gaileo and Carta. I'm like clapping like a seal about, but like him involving Almiria is like, get away from her. Good a job. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Get off of her. Don't oh, touch you her. Have a, you, you're a seven star now. You gotta act better than this, my boy. Don't touch her. Get a job. Don't touch her. She's nine. She's baby. <sighs> she's she's baby. Let her hang out with with Cookie and Cracker. Yes. Oh, they would be friends. She teach she. They teach her how to farm corn. I think I think Elmiria would like Atra. I think Almiria would quite like Atra. Atra would teach her how to make stew and how to properly cut by making your hands like a cat. Yes, yes. You know, like nya. Gato, gato, Almiria gato, nya. Gato, gato, buda, buda, nya, nya. Nya, nya. <laughs> nya, nya. <laughs> um, a- after this, when we cut back to Edmonds and Tekadon's getting ready to leave again, uh, they're arguing over who has to, like, break the news to Cookie and Cracker. And they're, like, in, like, weirdly high spirits about it because they're just kids arguing. And Maribit is finally, like, on a different thing. And she's just, like, happy that they're back to being, like, bickering children again. Yeah, it's... It's you know I'm not gonna try and like question the 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 the, yeah. the mentality of child soldiers who watch their buddies died just yeah 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 it, whatever um there's um, uh, I Echo and laughter are like cuddling up to Nazi's chest because he's finally been reunited with them and he's like patting mm-hmm. them on the head and they're both like praise me more I don't think you're praising me enough and yeah Ozzy's standing off to the side and Amida's like what you're not going for the hug and she's like oh no it's fine and then Amida pets her on the head and uh yeah, Ozzy's, yeah. Ozzy's, Ozzy's why would bit, you Ozzy's why would you go for Nase when there's a perfectly good Amida right there I listen I'm just saying like not not I don't I'm not I don't think that everyone in Turbi in the Turbines is fucking everyone in the Turbines Ozzy and Amida are definitely fucking yeah it's like, nice. I just like guaranteed. it. Guaranteed. I they're I, they're cute. If you have any fan fiction of them to send me, I would love to read it. Um, yeah. I just I you know there's 
I finished season one, and now I think there's some fan content that I can explore without yeah. getting into the spoiler end of things, hopefully. But I also mm-hmm. cannot go spelunking for it on my own. Yeah, because... do, do, do not search for these things. Yes. So if anyone wants to send me any season one, anything with any any shipping content free of season, mm-hmm. like free of season two spoilers, I would be very grateful. For... From what I understand, there is like a decently large gap between season one and season two. Like, I I think it was like either spring to fall or fall to spring. So, like, there probably was like a good amount of stuff written before season two happened that like only takes a new cast. <laughs> yeah, do it for Sarah. Um, um Orga talks to Naze afterwards. Like, you know, he apologized to me, bows and everything, and he's like, you know. Nazi just says, like, hey, you know, be proud of yourself. Didn't you tell me that you wouldn't take orders from idiots who put people to die in vain? And he you know, tells Orga, like, you've led Tekadon to a bright future. Like, you know, you need to basically take charge of everything you're doing and, like, be okay with being, like, a dangerous leader. And, like, you know, Orga gets it. He understands. He's, like, better from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn that Mika, Atra goes to see Mika, and, you know, as she talks to him, she's, like, he, t- he tells her, like, yeah, I can't really see out of my right eye. And I can't really use my right arm that much. But he holds up his left arm. He's like, you know, but this protected me. And it's, you know, he's like pointing to the little bracelet that she made him. Uh, and she's like, oh, well, I can, I can make you another. And he's like, well, it, it'd be too hard to move you if I had too many. It's very cute. <laughs> it's I so like it. Cute. It's so awkward. Um, Kudelia shows up here and she gives iPads to all the kids to, you know, practice their <laughs> practice their reading and writing. Um, she's We, we learned that she's going to stay on Earth. She's not going to go back to Mars, obviously, because she like has a lot of shit to do because she's working with Arbrow now. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes up to Mika and she's going you know, to give him an iPad and she doesn't really realize like, oh shit, like you got fucked up from that battle. You lost, you know, one of your eyes sight and your arm. And then it just a flash cut to Atra and Kudeli on either side of Mika grabbing him and like patting him on the head. And they're like, you know, you have it the worst of all. They're so literally we're all three of them you. in love with each other. It's, it's the- <laughs> listen, 16 T cubed. Like it's there. 16 T cubed. <laughs> They just say we're family. Yeah. Uh, Tekadon's first job is complete, but they're gonna get they, they're gonna get Jeff Gersman boys bigger, bigger, <laughs> <laughs> bigger, bigger. Just one. It, it's so fucking funny. This one season was bigger. just one job. <laughs> yes. Bigger. One job. <laughs> one job. Uh, you know, big and and he says everyone gets R and R is a big bonus coming your way, mm-hmm. and like the final the final thing is like Orga asking Mika what to do next, and Mika says that's obvious. Of, Let's go home. Let's go home. And like the last the last shot of the season is like Mars from a distance from the asteroid field as we see like Barbara Tosa's mace floating through it. Yep. It's nice. Uh, yep. And that is season one. We did it. That's the end of the show. We did it. Yay. Yeah. Uh, we could stop here and be happy or we could keep going. 25 more episodes. Halfway done. Yeah. Good shit. Um, well, hey, we got a little we got a little we got a little segment today, Sarah. Yeah. I have fun beyond Toon World, as promised. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon World! A Toon World talking about the voice actor of one Ein Dalton. Because he kind of, you know, he kind of got bopped in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about one Max Middleman. <laughs> so you might be aware. That sounds like an of- Ace Attorney name. <laughs> A little bit, I mean, you know, like not one, of... not one that's like not one that's like a full pun, but like because like because like there's some names in there that are like not really f- it, 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 it's alliterative, like, yeah, like like um uh like Matt and Guard is not really a pun, but it's just like it's a fun name, kind of. Yeah, it's fun to say. Um, Max Middleman was born September fifth, nineteen ninety, in Los Angeles. Um, 
He's a very fun, like, run-up to his roles because he got, like, really big in the last, like, six or seven years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, fir- the first, like, actual roles listed on BeyondTheVoiceActors.com in 2003 is a ca- thing called Mechanical Demon in Two and a Half Men. <laughs> that was his first role, That's I guess. That's of the week. Hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. I need to Google, I now I need to Google Mechanical Demon Two and a Half Men. Yeah, I, I didn't look any of it up, but it just... I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta look at this. Oh... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's just like a fucking thing in a bucket. Yep, that looks great. Looks great, Chief. <laughs> Max Middleman's Mechanical Demon, alright. Yeah. Um, In 2004, Gundam Seed, he was Kira Yamato, who's the main character. Uh, and he's also Kira Yamato in Seed Destiny, the sequel series. I don't think Kira's the main character. I don't know. Here, Seed's fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to find out in like three years. Uh, cut all the way to 2013 in Final Fantasy XIV and Realm Reborn, he voices Pippin. Pippin. He's, he's one of the, he's a Lollafell. I don't recognize him. Let me look at this. Let me look at this guy. Oh, this guy. Nice. This guy. He's the one who shows up at the end of, uh, he's the one who like helps you get out of the city after the things that happen at the end of Realm Reborn when Rodan goes one arm mode. Mm, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember. I like, like I like him. He's funny. I, I like him. Really, all the Wallas in Final Fantasy XIV's main story are like my favorite characters. Like, oh yeah, like this guy um, Tataru, um, Papalimo, fucking um, Dan Tataru, Biggs, huge, huge Tataru fan. Um, what what was his name? The the scheming motherfucker who was like responsible for everything that happened at the end of the Realm Reborn patch content. Oh God. Um, I liked him. Oh. Funny little evil guy. We love all of Elves. They're nice. Yeah. Uh, 2014 Capri- our, our friend Little Caprice. Little Caprice. <laughs> Little Caprice. <laughs> um, in 2014, Smite, he's Vicious Apollo, which I guess is just like a skin that has a unique voice. I don't know. I never played Spite. Yeah, that's I'm that sounds that sounds that sounds in line with MOBA skins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a, a, a MOBAster. Mm-hmm. Um, 2014 Toradora, he voiced Hisamitsu Noto. In 2015's Old Noah Zero, he's Inaho Kaizuka. In 2015's Fallout 4, jumping back to America, he voiced characters called Northy, Brendan Volkert, and Zeke. And I think Zeke was one of your main followers. It's been a while since I played Fallout 4, and I'm never going to play it again, so who fucking cares? Fallout 4. Um, yeah, yeah, owned. Uh, 2015's Star Wars Battlefront, he voiced, he was like a voice for the Corrin aliens. And the Corrins are like the fucked up triangle-headed like squid mouth guys. Mm-hmm. They're fun. Uh, 2016's Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. He voiced Konohamaru Sarutobi, and he would voice his character in like all the future Naruto and Boruto stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2016's Fire Emblem Fates. He voiced Leo, Caden, and Forest. Leo being one of the main um, Nor boys, like the the one of your four siblings in that side. Uh, in 2016's Bravely Second, he voiced a character called Angelo W. Panettone. Who's like the the chef class asterisk? Is Bravely Default Italian? <laughs> Bravely Default is wild, Sarah. They do some crazy shit with the names there. Okay. Um. In hey, twenty sixteen, Hunter Hunter, he mm-hmm. voiced Maruem. Oh, Maruem's Ain't the that... kitty, the kitty cat, right? Ain't... No, Maruem's the Chimera Ant, I think. Oh yes. Okay, I still haven't watched Chimera Ants. Yeah, is the one looks like he's wearing like he's like Cell. Yeah, yeah, Hunter yeah. I, yeah I, I know Maruem. Yeah. Never yeah. Pete does uh, the ki- uh, the kitty cat. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, 2016 Gundam Iron Blood Ruffins, he voiced Iron, but also in 2016 for Gundam Thunderbolt, he voiced EO Fleming, who's the uh, main Federation character of that. Uh, dude, crazy spiky blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, big role for him, 2016, in One Punch Man, he voiced 
One Punch Man. He's Saitama. Oh yeah. In, yeah, and in, in all the in all the future stuff. In the, in the, in the Malai 2016 Final Fantasy 15 CG movie starring Aaron Paul, uh, Final Fantasy Kingsglaive, he voiced a character called Tread Furia. Is one of the Kingsglaive, I guess. I watched that movie in like a weird sort of haze. I don't remember it much. Sure, yeah. Uh, also in 2016, big role, big year for Max here. Uh, Mob Psycho 100, Ritsu Kageyama. Hell yeah. Uh, 2017, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, whatever the fuck. He voiced Lushu. Sure. Lushu is one of the mass. I think Lushu is like one of the most important characters in Kingdom Hearts. I do not know. Uh. 2017 Fire Emblem Heroes, he voiced Gordon and Grey, uh, in addition to all the other Fates characters he is. Uh, 2017's Berserk, he voiced Serpico. This is important. In 2017, a little game called Persona 5, he voiced Ryuji. Oh, my son! My my bisexual son. (laughs) My bisexual son who has a cool baseball bat and a funny monkey persona later on. Monkey. Um, monkey. Man. 2018 Silent Voice, he voiced Satoshi Mashiba. That sounds uh, really silent t- to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, 2018's Agretsuko, he voiced Rasasuke. Uh, 2019 Demon Slayer, he voiced uh, Sabito, is the main one he voiced, but also a character simply titled Villager Accused of Breaking Plate. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> Accused of Breako's Plate. I like the smash. Uh... <laughs> 2019 Death Stranding, beloved game. Uh, he voiced the paleontologist. He voiced Norman uh, Reedus. He voiced Norman Beebus. <laughs> uh, in 2020's Thundercats Roar, he voiced Lion-O, main character. Uh, in 2020's Final Fantasy VII Remake, he's beloved Aminal Red 13. I like that. I, I like him. Red 13's so fun. Uh, in 2020, Genshin Impact, he voiced Arataki Ito. I don't really know the Genshin characters, but yeah. I'm sure that's a beloved five-star banner character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in 2020's beloved game bug snacks, he voiced the mayor of Snackburg, Philbo Fiddlepie. Philbo? Philbo, we love Philbo. It's, He's the mayor. It's my it, <laughs> Philbo from my shows. <laughs> <laughs> Philbo for my snacks. <laughs> yes. Um, and hey, you might you know this one, Sarah. Okay. Last role that I really wrote down. 2021, No More Heroes 3. Uh he wasn't Travis. He voiced Damon Richitiello. I've not played No More Heroes 3 yet, actually. Oh. Oh, wait, no, I know Damon. Damon's the fucking boy that the alien's friends with. Because I remember the alien, the trail's like, Damon, I love you. I'm gonna come back. And then he does, and he says he's a goddamn superhero. I haven't played it yet. Here, here it's fun though. Daming. <laughs> Video daming. <laughs> Big pussy daming. <laughs> and that's beyond tune world for Max Middleman. <laughs> Thank you, Max Middleman. Um. Oh shit! I need a robot of the week, don't I? <laughs> you gonna go with Mechanical Demon from Two and a Half Men? <laughs> I don't think I'm going with Mechanical Demon from Two and a Half Men. I do have to briefly rack my brain about robots and things that I have enjoyed. Mm. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go for the I'm gonna go for the fucking classic today. My my robot of the week is gonna be R two D two from Star Wars. Oh, I love funny R two D two. He goes wow. <laughs> I love R two so much. He's just a funny guy. Like for for how much Star Wars does wrong and does right. Like the fact that R two is like one of the most important characters and doesn't all he just does is 
beep and shake is mm-hmm. just genius to me. <laughs> he beeps. Like, I love a character. A character that doesn't say anything, but everyone understands him is just genius to me. Have you watched Jujutsu Kaisen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you know Inuaki, my son Inuaki, who only talks in yes. rice balls. <laughs> yeah. What if RTG2 only talked in, like, Star Wars? Series? Oh, God. What if you just said, that sticks? I genuinely. I, I want. Listen, I want. <laughs> I. I I want Inumaki to just go like wah, wah. <laughs> when Inumaki gets like hit in a battle, he goes, he does R two. How do we fucking wallops him when he's like? Inumaki, Inumaki like opens a pocket on his uniform and like a little like spark plug shoots yes! out and he can stab someone with it. <laughs> <laughs> he like opens a little he like opens a little like 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 projector screen that he has on his chest just like opens like a little panel on his chest and like a little projector of Maki comes out and is like hey <laughs> fuck you bye and just goes away oh god <sighs> they're calling him the Japanese R2-D2 <laughs> they're calling him this <laughs> many are saying um and that'll take us to plugs. So, Sarah, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. I do a couple other podcasts. I do Fear Baiting, which is a horror movie podcast. It's on hiatus right now, but you can still listen to it. There's like 230 episodes, and I think pretty much all of them are good. Bangers all the way down. Um, I also do Special Grade Snacks, which had an episode back for the first time in a while. We did our movie, ep- our big epic movie episode. Um, we talked for two and a half hours about the Jujutsu, the Jujutsu Kaisen movie, and it was a great episode. I was really happy to be back in the podcasting booth for that. I do Forward Forward ReZero, uh, a ReZero rewatch podcast with with host of this show, Morg, and girlfriend, Neve. And I also have done Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. I love some podcasts. And The Wonder Yorks, which is an Animorphs podcast. Hell yeah. All those shows are linked in the episode description. Uh, you can go to Twitter at MaxiBajillion to find me out. Find me out. That's weird. Um, I've been found out. You can uh, go to slappersonlypod.com to listen to Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast. Our latest episode is our April Fool's episode on, on Beppy Man. It was very fun. Um, <laughs> that music has been stuck Beepus in my head Man. for a literal week. Beepus Man. Um, you can also go to Pod Agreed on t- Pod Agreed Cast on Twitter. Sorry. Listen to Pod Agreed, my Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We're like three quarters of the way through season three, I think. It's a fucking wild show. Um, we're at the arc where if you die in the game, you die in real life. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> um, and hey, special thanks to Matt GameCube for running Noisepace.xyz, which is our podcast network. All of our shows are on it, including many, many more. Come check it out. 2022, not only is it the summer of gaming, but it's also the year of the podcast. Oh, um, yeah. And what do we always say to close the episode out, Sarah? War is bad. Wow, cool robot. Indeed. Uh, well, that was a really loud truck that just drove by my window. <laughs> um, well, I will say, I, I'll tell you this to tantalize you, Sarah. I'll see you in two years because we're going to have a little time skip next time. Yo, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will tell you, temper your expectations. I don't think anyone looks any different. <sighs> What's the, f- why do we time like, skip? Come on. No, you know what? That's not true. I think Kudeli gets a new haircut. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Gayer haircut. It's just no? like, it's like, it's if <laughs> when you look it, it's really funny. Um, I don't suggest you look it up, but like on, on Mika's uh, Gundam wiki page, it's like Mika season one, he's holding his arm up in a fist. Mika season two, he's not. <laughs> That's the only like difference between the characters. <laughs> yeah, because he lost an arm. Well, he didn't lose it. It's just, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's it's there, it doesn't work anymore. 
And also the colors are slightly more muted. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, hey, we'll see you in a week. Uh, Time Skip Season 2, Iron-Blooded Orphans. You get to hear my favorite OP next week, too. I can't My favorite OP wait. of the show, at least. It's I not, can't not, fucking not, wait. Not Butterfly, but you know. <laughs> it's good. Um, and that'll do it. Uh, okay, wait, hold on. I, so. I, 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 I gotta say, I gotta say, mm. Butterfly always will hold a place in my heart for being like just like one of the longest-standing, greatest of all times. Mm-hmm. I think Digimon Frontiers OP is a little bit better for me. Really? really? I, I I don't know. Just like, you know, reach, ju- jump up from behind the trash can of life. Get, get a fire power. I do like to do that myself, yeah. personally. Anyways. Anyway, uh, bye. Bye. Bye.